Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Wednesday the 4th of August 2010. I'm your host Dan Train, joining me this week, Zachary Burgess. Yeah. And Robert Kemp. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if that's become the new order. What's that then me? Well, yeah. I was more prepared for it this time. I was not drinking or anything. <laughs> he didn't have to blub his water all over his uh, expensive new computer. <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> Hi. I don't think that's really exact style to blubber <laughs> over his keyboard. <laughs> I don't know. Although you did use that. Awkward silence, I reckon. Actually, there'd be sort of like a. Hi. There. Yeah, <laughs> well, probably. Weren't you listening last week when I yeah, basically what? did that? Yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm basing it off. But it was very quiet. It was it was fairly dignified. It was just a short pause. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> it wasn't very spectacular. Drama. You know that old keyboard you had, Zach, before this new one? Uh, yes. That you had... How long? You had it since you got that computer. Uh, <coughs> so quite a few... Did you clean it? Yes. Regularly. What? Oh, so it's about cleaning good. his keyboard and what keyboard was it and what were? Yeah. I'm just wondering how often you clean. It came off really easily. Oh, did it? Okay. Pop them all off. How often do you clean your keyboard, Rob? Like never. Yeah. This one's <laughs> flat, so you just like wipe it. <laughs> That's true. I just mean like they get Still, stuff like, gets never. stuck inside, doesn't it? And then. Uh, um, well, I and then tend it gets to just do the old uh, tip it upside down and shake it a bit. Yeah, you'd be surprised what you will find in there. <laughs> that's <laughs> not actually, always that's not actually helping you at all, though. Because it's like, the stuff that comes out when you tip it upside down and shake it is never actually going to be in contact with where your fingers are. Because <laughs> it's already gone below that. That's true. <laughs> it's a relevant grime. Well, how do you clean the top of the keys? Do you always take take everything... When you clean that, do you just take everything off? and like? Yeah, that was the way I did it on the old computer. I just pulled all the keys out and then wiped each one down and then put yeah. them back in. I stick them all sure in. I'm not sure if that would like work a... with this, this keyboard now. You didn't just no, it does. It's key. fine. Cleaning type. Because I've got the same as yours, G15, backlit key, and you can just pull them pull them out. It's fine. Good. And then uh, I, I stick them all in a, um, a little uh, bowl of... Uh, Water, hot water with a bit of washing up liquid or something. Leave it in there. And then I think I mentioned last week about the uh, escapades of removable keys on at work. Escapades? Are they leaving the keyboard and migrating down the corridor? Oh, did I not mention this? Oh, okay. No. Yeah, basically, because I was out of action from work for a, um, well, a week. When I, when I was moving house, um, they, they thought it best to rearrange the keys on my keyboard. And they still sit in this rearranged fashion to this date, where basically the entire middle row of keys, instead of saying A-S-D-F-G-H-J-K-L, is replaced with you wanker. <laughs> <laughs> you wanker? Is that with the U? With the U and then... No, no, it's it actually Y-O-U. spelled with the full, the Y-O-U. Yeah, that does fit. And yeah. there's even letters left over so they could replace R-T-Y-U with shit. <laughs> shit, <laughs> so it's you shit, you wanker. <laughs> it's even Lovely. better because those four lines of keys sort of line up perfectly. So if you just, like, take the, the, that block of eight keys, it says, shit, wank. <laughs> oh, yes, that's true. That wouldn't have worked on my last keyboard because the keys got gradually deeper as they went... You know, they were angled slightly, so you couldn't move them from each row onto a different row if you were trying to put them back in wrong. It was a nice yeah, cryptic but... password I had last month then on my system at work, because it was just those 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 eight keys. So it was shit wank, but with the wrong keys. 
What, you set so your password? Not, I mean, not a cryptic password at all, because it would have just been the middle row of the keyboard. Well, well it no, wouldn't, though, would it? the middle row. It would have been R-T-Y-U-F-G-H-J. Oh, okay. The, the middle eight keys of the keyboard. <laughs> That's <laughs> still not necessarily... <laughs> it would have looked That's... weird if you could see the letters. But in terms of, like, hacking, I guess, that would be, you know, possibly one of the logical... Attempts you might make to try sequences of every your palm now. <laughs> well, well a lot of sequences of like every line. Well, QWERTY is 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 a common, very very unsecure password, isn't it? So it's only yeah, a, yeah. an extension from that for a program to go. You know, all the letters that are in consequential letters would be the first thing it probably tries. I would have thought. I try wonder if those like password strength checkers would take that into account. I don't know, because they have to calculate quite fast, don't they, whether or not it's... I think they just look for how many instances of um, like number capitals of and numbers. And combinations yeah. of numbers and hats. Mm. I think you could probably find an app that would do a proper evaluation of how strong your password is, rather than a quick check. Might be quite interesting. <laughs> I don't know. It's a problem, though, when you're on the, on the web, because you're asked for so many passwords, aren't you? Constant logins for everything. Maybe it'll do it on the same sort of scale as uh, what the fuck shall I make for dinner? Like it's fucking strong, or this password is fucking weak. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm sure someone could do that. <laughs> It'd be quite funny. That'd, that'd be amazing. Just go and look on the internet now, because that pass- that website probably already exists. <laughs> <laughs> How strong is my fucking password? dot com? Something along those lines, I'm sure. Do you use the yeah. flat keys at work as well as at home? No, no. Well, I have got my work laptop, which I use on occasion. Right. Um, so that's pretty much the same. But no, I've got a proper keyboard at work. Well, you know, the bog standard, what you expect a keyboard to be keyboard. Is it like a Dell-branded Microsoft keyboard? You know those ones? Pretty much, yeah. Whatever, yeah. I think it actually Not... might be a Dell keyboard. Yeah, I think they are made... I think they're Microsoft keyboards, aren't they? On license or something. Or maybe maybe Dell just make them. Probably. I mean, they have to sell enough of them. They probably can just make them. They just look a lot like Microsoft ones, don't they? Hmm. Not even one of those. Well, when, when you say Microsoft keyboard, I think of those classic ones with the big home button they used to have at the top, and the sort of oh uh, yeah, the sort of hot basic hotkey keyboards they had. Yeah, and of course they make all the ergonomic keyboards. You can still get those, can't you? The Wibby split ones, yeah. keys, yeah, yeah, very strange. You know, I've never tried because I only just learned to touch type, and like I've never tried a using an ergonomic keyboard in in concert with that because that's what well, it's but, for, I presume. Yeah, well, that's the advantage of having this wanker keyboard. It's uh, forcing me to learn to touch type quicker. Ah, <laughs> because I have changed the keys. Back. You could just pull the keys <laughs> off. Well, no, but I'm not. I'm putting the key, leaving the keys where they are. Except it's annoying because you don't have the ridges for the home keys. Oh, that's irritating, yeah. Because <laughs> they're in completely the wrong place. I think one of them's on V. I find I have to I have to look anyway because they, those little ridges are so small that sometimes I'm searching for them for longer than it would take to just look and stick my index finger onto yeah, the, yeah. onto the, the, J, the yeah. Judging by from what my keyboard, those G15 keys, the ridges on those are incredibly smooth. So your keyboard, like mine, Dan, it's yeah, <laughs> those ridges are incredibly tiny. My last keyboard one, keyboard ones were much larger than that. Yeah, they need to be big. I mean, I, I mean, don't they? I mean, otherwise it defeats the purpose, really, doesn't it? I don't know. 
perhaps they think of them as like an afterthought now. You know, nobody needs them, but you know, there's a purpose. You think they do something more? I don't know. It's because it's like to have a little ridge like that isn't actually very comfortable theoretically. If you're like pushing down on How it is a it lot, not comfortable. It's the tiniest possible ridge. Well, now it is. I mean, but if they wanted to do when it used to be like bigger. Oh yeah, they just put a giant slab of wood there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could like make the top of the key a different texture or something. Yeah, that's a good idea. They should try that making those what, keys one a different rubbery texture. key. Or like Two have like hashed, hashed grooves across it. I figured that yeah, would be probably so like more rough. annoying than the ridge. Hmm. Do you reckon there was any market research into this? No. <laughs> it's it's lucky that the it's the F and not the D that would need to be a different well, texture yeah. because otherwise, if it was W A S D when you were gaming, every time you tried to straight yeah, but then you just go, move your field. keys onto a different set of keys. <laughs> You play like DXCV or something. <laughs> well, maybe that would make it easier to find WASD when you came back to a game without looking. <laughs> but it's yeah, quite easy. You find it? <laughs> but then again, you could do that anyway, just sort of stretch your finger onto F. Which, uh, That's true. I guess. I wonder if I do that subconsciously. Probably not. Hmm. Don't know. So you switch w- between kinds of keyboards on a regular basis then yeah I'm a I'm a pro <laughs> <laughs> you are I, can't, a pro. I can't use those bloody ergonomic ones they just they're just weird I, I if I'm like t- typing I tend to cross my hands over themselves every now and then to sort of like if I can it's almost like one push per hand and they alternate if I'm doing it my crap normal style like a sort of virtuoso pianist where some of the yeah. pieces you have to cross your hand. Don't cross the streams. Otherwise, the uh, the the fuck button will explode. That's a good um, it's a good group there. Fuck buttons. Have you heard their new, new album? <laughs> no, I have heard nothing of their work. You haven't heard fuck buttons. Okay. I've heard of fuck buttons. But I, I know this is any. a gaming. I know this is a gaming podcast. But uh, listen to fuck buttons if you haven't already. Um, yeah. Street horror singing. And the Are new they one. like advocates of Connect and We then? Fuck <laughs> buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know. Uh, you'd have to listen to the music and see if it if it gives you messages like don't <laughs> use what, you mean if they've like move. put like reverse satanic messages in there somewhere. Yeah, possibly. I mean, that's the kind of music that probably does have weird reverse. I mean, it's pretty um, pretty beat driven and crazy. So. Uh, if you play it backwards, it could easily say some strange things about... Like that joke from The Simpsons where there's a recipe for lentil soup on the end credits. <laughs> Is there? Yeah, in, in the one about Paul McCartney or something, there was a, there was a recipe for lentil soup on the end credits in ba- backwards. Backwards. <laughs> Is that referencing the whole, like, Paul is dead thing as well? There was Probably, that hoax yeah. in the 70s. What was it? In the 70s or something where Paul McCartney was supposedly dead and replaced with a Android or something, or a lookalike, presumably not an Android. I don't think that'd be a bit tough. <laughs> I know it, it was like you know back when everyone thought that robots were going to be likely very soon. Seventies mm, tech was that awesome? Well, you had Robocop. That was eighties. It was like post fifties, where like in the fifties, everyone was like, "Oh, robots, they're coming!" And then everyone, <laughs> when they didn't come, everyone assumed that the government had secretly 
prevented the technology or some shit. <laughs> and that's where the whole Fallout thing comes from. <laughs> 50s robots, I guess. Yeah. Which should probably Something be in the like new that. XCOM game. You sort of, have you seen anything about that? I Other than that read exists, some no. sort of reviews. Or well, not really reviews at this point. Previews. It's like a weird first-person shooter, isn't it? It's like not much like Fallout. Oh, sorry, XCOM. Yeah, it doesn't sound old. anything like XCOM, basically. Apart like, they from copped the kind out of... a lot of the basic sort of... Even, like, the sort of from, you know, references or whatever. It's like, oh, these are not actually very good references, either. <laughs> well, it's got the whole usual sort of go back to base, do research and everything, and then go off on missions. But it's a bit like... The way I'm thinking of it is it's like XCOM Interceptor, only a first-person shooter, rather than being like XCOM, the old game. Wait, wait, wait. So the encounters are still sort of randomly made, you mean? Uh... Or are they they actually sort have of like sort just... of suggested that, that there will yeah. be sort of randomly generated areas. Well, that's cool. This is starting to sound more x commy already. But, I but you know how that... Like a, a, a that's just not going to... Yes. <laughs> that's just not going to work, though, is it? Because it's, it'll be like how they do it in Torchlight, where it's just like a series of big chunks of level that are linked together randomly. Yeah, I think they actually Because be... random generated levels are just, you know, that's still not really possible at this point. And, and I um, doubt it will be coming in this particular FPS. <laughs> the actual levels themselves looked fairly linear, like in the demo footage they showed. It's like going into sort of suburbia, 1950s, white picket fence, you know, perfect mm. kitchen and the perfect housewife with the, you know... With the uh, aliens. And then aliens, which are like this black <laughs> goo, intelligent goo stuff, a bit like, uh, um, you know, the Venom stuff in Spider-Man 2, whatever. Wait, so the, they haven't... They have, picked any of the aliens from the actual games then they've made some new stuff no apparently by looks of it so far no sign of any of the obvious aliens from the actual XCOM games which is just like so why is this called XCOM again <laughs> yeah well couldn't you have made your own franchise or is this just a, a shameless tie-in for publicity yeah it's that one well to be fair the people who've played XCOM like, like when was the last proper XCOM game like XCOM Apocalypse was like 90 seven or something it's a while ago to pick up a franchise and hope that the name is going to sell i mean that's all right for starcraft <laughs> but, but then that like, that's why it makes even less sense because it's like so why even use the name if it's not going to be based on that game so you're not going so you're just going to piss off all the people who actually like that game then the actual name is going to have no significance at all you might yeah, just, yeah but it's as well called it anything you want <laughs> it's instantly garnered more interest because of the name and hence it's we're true. talking about it so you it know, is sort of working sort of yeah. And to be fair, they did all right with, no, I know, different people, but, uh, uh, you know, Fallout did okay. Fallout 3, despite being a completely different developer and a lot later than the original 2D games. You know, but that had did a it. lot of similar, you know, that was quite similar to the, to the, you know, it had the, some elements that were related, like, here is a vault and, like, here's some people. And I'm guessing things. Bethesda weren't actually involved in the original Fallout games. No. No. They didn't exist, did they? Or maybe they did. I don't know. Well, who knows what other know. random maybe, companies maybe some were, of the d- were mashed into each other to make this new company. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, well, we shall see about that. Speak of Torchlight, I just saw that they've announced a sequel to that. Why well, would they make a sequel coming. to it, though? I don't know. Because surely they were... but what they should be announcing is the whatever they were making that for in the first place, the weird MMO thing. That yeah. Well, unless that's what the sequel is, but... 
Yeah, but then maybe. they shouldn't call it a sequel. <laughs> but then given the success of the first game, maybe they thought, oh, fuck that. We'll, uh... we'll just release the same thing again because it will take virtually no work to make a sequel. Well, you know, maybe they'd rather like improve what they've got because it's been a success rather than try something. Uh, you well, know, yeah, it... I mean, if it, if the second game proves a success, then that'll give them even more financial backing to go out on a limb for the next one. Do, as, doing an MMO is a big deal. The same, that's the main thing. I was about to say, speaking of going out on a limb, have you heard what Bizarre are working on now? Uh, is it James Bond or something? Yeah, fucking hell. I mean, what the hell? I mean, the only other sort of foray outside of... Um, racing, racing games for them has been Geometry Wars and the ill-received The Club. What was The Club? Oh, it I don't know. Like... It, was like a, it was like an arcade FPS sort of thing where it's about racking up points for kills. It was basically... like Blood on the Sand. It oh, basically, God. the way people supposedly described it was being... Basically, it's Forza, except for instead of being a car doing power slides around corners, you're a bloke shooting people as you run along. And you, yeah, you it's get, like you just you get, get kudos for shooting kills. people. <laughs> so it's basically the same game. Hmm. But so that was like they good. haven't had experience. But it's not exactly well. So Joystick, for instance, they sort of seem to like the club, whereas a lot of other places sort of rate it as a bit. Eh. Hmm. Well, it was a kind of a weird, weird sort of genre crossover, where it's like because it had those elements of sort of kudos and comboing and. People like, well, that could be fun in a multiplayer arena. I'm not sure a single player game based on it would work. I don't know. Much the same way that UT has always sucked in single player. (laughs) Yeah. Although sometimes it's quite fun to stick on bots and instigate and just (laughs) bounce around crazy. Well, yeah, that doesn't really count. Campaign mode has always been. Oh, right, yeah. But that's because they didn't try and make a campaign mode because they knew it was only a game people were going to play multiplayer. It was just like, we're just going to throw it in a little bit. (laughs) Do you remember the original UT? That was just to show off the UT engine. To say, these are engine in all your other games that require cinematics because it can totally do them. But they weren't in game cinematics, they were rendered in the engine and then cut to movie files. Well, I think. but still Maybe made in the engine. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, is that the same with Gears of War cinematics? They're rendered uh, and cut to files, aren't they? Are they with the Unreal Tech? Oh no, I'm not sure. Actually, I think the Gears one might be live. They're are they? not cut to. Well, I don't think they're cut to film. Perhaps they are. Mm. I know yeah, Uncharted's right. probably the one you're thinking of, where that's an obvious switch to. Um, oh right. Movie well, it does it in the, Batman? Because you can see that's the film. Unreal. Yeah, you can see the film too. compression is the problem in Uncharted. That's the only giveaway. Right, yeah. Mass Effect 2 has re- had really obvious... Because <laughs> yeah. I guess we can talk about that. Cause well, and in... they were... Low-res was the other giveaway. They were SD video in an HD game, which right, looked yeah. a bit funky. Because I forced Rob to play the ending. <laughs> forced him? Why did yeah. you need forcing? Well, he well, was at my house, as he does most Sundays, and we're like, well, should we play a game? And he's like, no, I want to see you finish Mass Effect so we can t- get it over and done with. <laughs> yeah, Which okay. is fair enough, because it means after game. today... Yeah, in theory, after today, we will never speak of it again <laughs> until Mass Effect 3. And so what did you think of the hilarity of the, the giant Terminator thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is quite funny, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I love the sounds it made, though. The sort of... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. in the eyes. Naturally. It is, it is a bit cliched, but I didn't <laughs> think as a boss it was that bad. 
It was better than Saren fight at the end of Mass Effect. Oh, I don't know. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. This is where I'm getting to here. I, for some reason, I look at the ending of Mass Effect 2 and I go, eh. You know, I look at the end of the first game and I think, oh man, that was actually pretty epic, you know. It was like, it was a big old fight and the, you know, everyone getting involved and the council getting killed, maybe. And um, the, you know, everything seriously hit the fan. Except in this one, it's just like, well, it's just you guys, you know. Well, the bit <laughs> sure, leading sure. up to that is meant to be the epic part, where it's like, the, you know, send different teams out. Yeah, I didn't really think much of the, the, well, the whole ending bit wasn't really much of a a climax because the, you know, although it was more like an interesting, it felt like an interesting bit of a mission. It didn't feel like it should have been the end of the game. It's so like, it wasn't any um, like different enemies or anything. Apart no, from well, that, this is the other thing. Yeah, the environment was something you'd seen before. The enemies were all something you'd seen before. There was. Uh, the drama was reduced because of it. I mean, admittedly, the sequence leading up to it is really awesome, but it's you almost wish that that could have been, you know, another thing like a twist, something you didn't expect. There wasn't really any of that. Yeah, there was there some interesting really insights, twist. but there wasn't a big ooh, holy crap, like in the first game. Everything was leading to this last mission, and you knew exactly where it was going for pretty much the entire game, and it lost some of the intrigue because of it. I think their actual story twists have been going downhill since the first the first Kotor had such a good one, you know. And um, I don't know. And, I still think the, the the whole existence of the Reapers thing was nicely played. Yeah, that was the idea. But you got it from that kind of broken kind of computer down in that kind of side corridor, didn't you? In that sort of old, um, you know, that planet that was overgrown with plants, and you were you were oh, in no, the that happened vehicle. afterwards. The first time you saw it was um, uh, when you're blowing up one of Saren's bases, and you actually talk to Sovereign. That oh, was the right, first yeah. real concrete mention. Then you go talk to the Profian computer later on, who that's sort of it. explains everything in a bit more detail. Yeah, okay. So that's supposed to be the revelation that when you talk to so- Sovereign... Where you end up sort of going, holy crap, I'm actually talking to the ship, what the fuck? Yeah, and yeah. WTF barbecue. Is... Yeah, and then the Profian goes into more sort of detail, the computer thing. But yeah. I, I found that that wasn't too dramatic. And that whole driving down, uh, that whole area before you get to that computer where you're driving down those uh, tunnels in your little vehicle, it was all yeah, a, bit, was a bit weak. It was all a bit end of Halo 1. <laughs> do you think? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember, you know, going through, you know, with the sort and of sloping And end of Halo 3. <laughs> well, they yes, to, although... They had to do that, that kind of thing with the vehicle, where it was just like, you have to drive really quickly to get to the... Mascate thing to chuck you before it for some reason shuts down or whatever. Oh yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> but what basically, doing that with just that. means you just drive straight forwards because you can't stop yeah. and shoot anything because otherwise you run no, out. No, you of don't time. really get any time. No, it doesn't tell you as well, so you almost inevitably die the first time when you think you treat it as a normal. You know, you are aware there's a time limit, but you start shooting the things. Do you think? And then you yeah, die, quite and then and then it's like, <laughs> oh okay, I'll just. Go straight forward, shall I? So every instead of informing you, quick run like uh, the end of Halo Three does. Quick for the yeah. God's sake, run! Everything's blowing up. It's just like doesn't tell. It doesn't flag it up properly. Like, so we have to get there before it shuts down. Here's the time limit, but you don't really know how far away it is. How or, far away? Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a quite poorly handled, I think, in the first game. I don't think they would have done that if a similar thing had happened in the second. But of course, no vehicles in the second until the DLC, which I haven't played. So. And even then, that's a fairly weak section. Mm, I agree. Yeah, it was only free DLC, so can't complain. I don't too know. Much, I kind but... of like that vehicle. Although the vehicle they itself is alright, it's just they didn't do much with it that was interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Like the first few missions you get are quite literally go here, scan the floor, 
and then but eventually starts getting exciting. to shoot at stuff. Not that thrilling. <laughs> but then they they also made the shooting like lock on missiles, which was kind of <laughs> now it's easy. Yeah, even the general vicinity of some yeah. enemies. Although it was a bit, that was a bit annoying as well because you sort of you know how you get the t- that sort of cursor in Mass Effect where it sort of shows you what guy you're looking at really, and if you used your power, what it would aim for. Yeah. In the vehicle, that doesn't apply. It's whoever's nearest you. The the missiles will home to. So if you even at your aim site at someone else, and the cursor shifts to them, and you can see their health and shields and all that, the missiles don't necessarily go for them. You have to get the one who's closest to uh, to the vehicle. Otherwise, the missiles will home on that. But it's pretty hard to actually get the aiming cursor to appear in the vehicle. I, it's like, oh, I don't know. I didn't have too much of a problem with that. But... You don't want to stay stationary that much, really, oh, if you're no. anywhere near the enemies. Well, most of the time you could do from, and... most of that combat you could do from afar anyway, just sort of sit. Oh yeah, that was the way to do it. It was just like don't actually. It was also really hard to tell when you were taking damage in that vehicle. It was just like, yeah. oh shit! So I and you, you only realise when you suddenly get on fire, and that means you're basically about to explode. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Did you not get the annoying siren thing? Because you could. I did, but hit, it was, as soon as you it, take a tiny bit of damage, you start hearing it going. Yeah, but it fades in so quietly. It's just like. It's so gradual you don't really notice it when yeah. you're constantly gunning at stuff. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Uh, well, in summary, enjoyed Mass Effect 2, but for some reason it leaves me with a less satisfied feeling than the first. Hmm. I know what you mean about the epicness of the last fight. In, well, it's more like I think both of them were to some extent an anticlimax because the section leading up to the boss was pretty cool. Like in the first Mass Effect, because you're crawling kind of on the outside... Yeah, you're the on the outside. Of... That was pretty cool. Yeah, when you're that was, when you're on that, that was hard, inside the section. citadel, but you're on the outside, and everything's so huge, and you know everything's blowing up. And just like you say, the decision to save the council or not is really cool. But then you yeah. end up—I don't know who said it. I think it was Yahtzee, but you end up having a fight in a shopping mall at the end. <laughs> like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like this is a bit of an anticlimax. And similarly with Mass Effect Two, you have this epic kind of huge space fight, and then. Um, and then the kind of suicide mission with the different teams and the decisions and people dying sometimes if you're unlucky. And then it's a big, giant, stompy robot thing. <laughs> and it seems quite a silly boss at the end. And it does yeah. some classic cliches, like you shoot all its support wires out and it falls down the hole. And then when your team looks over the edge, it's like, hmm. <laughs> it's like, I wonder if it might suddenly I come wonder... back up in a minute. <laughs> yes, I wonder. You know what? I didn't mind any of that. I didn't mind the fact that it was a giant Terminator because I thought that was cool and it was well presented and stuff. The yeah. only bit that doesn't make sense is the story at that point. Is because, well, as, as Zach rightly pointed out, if the Reapers are trying to build like Reapers based on the race that they they had, how come every Reaper we've seen so far looks like a squid? That was the race, presumably. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. a lot of Reapers. Apparently giant space squids were one of the previous races in the universe. After they said that it takes like several millions, perhaps, to build a fully formed Reaper. That's true. Perhaps they were they weren't they weren't necessarily giant though, were they, Zach? Because the the well, no, okay. a lot bigger Not than giant, a human. They're the little space random squid. Space squid things. Yeah. So maybe there's a huge amount they found around this planet or something and they and that they thought, well, these will make good ships if we just capture them all, fish them effectively. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then we can we can become these giant space fairies. Well presumably it would have been by mass rather than the amount of them. 
Like, they, they could have been giant space squids and just only taken, like, two to make a reefer, or they could have just been human-sized and taken sort of the same number or whatever. <laughs> yeah, perhaps they can scale them arbitrarily to whatever size is necessary. Although they do seem, if you, when you see the fleet of reapers at the end, they're all the same size, aren't they? Like, yeah, they all look like those, they all look squid-like. Like, where's yeah. the giant random floating head things or whatever? <laughs> like, the human <laughs> one that they were going to make. That's well, the maybe they're sort of like that. Maybe the Reaper, because obviously um, Saren could, and uh, Benezio, or whatever name is, Matriarch, could go inside it as if it were a ship. So obviously there's space inside. So maybe that's one form of Reaper that is used as oh, a so ship. Maybe, and then there oh, so I see what you mean. So maybe, or well, maybe the core of them is made of something else, you mean? Yeah, possibly. Because well, I suppose yeah. these ships were massive, weren't they? Yeah, they're really, I mean, the Sovereign is huge, long. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was and so big. Terminator that... didn't actually seem that big in comparison, did it? But they did suggest that it no. was embryonic, so maybe it would somehow grow. Or maybe that was like <laughs> yeah. maybe that's like the sort of mainframe computer core thing. For some reason it has to be like a torso attached to the rest of the ship so it can sit there in its non existent command center and you know <laughs> that would just be kind let's of weird. At, let's look at it this way. They'll either think it's a great idea and roll with it and it will be a poignant part of the next story, or it's a completely pointless addition that we won't see of any again. Ever again. Yeah. You know, I thought that the um, after the boss fight, actually, the story, I thought that it was a bit of a shame. They probably had to do it for story Yeah, nothing reasons, really happens, but, does it? Well, I thought they made it almost too black... They made the elusive man, who's quite an interesting character in some ways, uh, almost too black and white at the end. They made him too evil, so you had to choose destroy the thing. You know, you can't really, really you choose to You still consider that evil? Not really sure... Because we don't know his intentions or anything. <laughs> well, according to everyone on your ship, that was evil, cause, as Rob discovered, because he was playing the badass mode, where he was like, yes, we'll keep this base. And then every single one of his crew is like, I don't like what you did. <laughs> oh, so you, you saved the thing, did you? I, you I, saved yeah, I kept it. Oh, cool. Really, I want to see what really, happens. Nothing, really. It didn't really change the ending. It still sort of Basically, I don't mean I now. Totally I mean in... In three, I mean, what will happen oh, yeah, in three yeah. if you save the ship? I can tell you, Dan, that basically that the end sequence where like the last conversation with the Lucy Dan is exactly the same, except for in the good ending, Shepard just like logs off. But in the bad ending, Shepard logs off, and then the hologram of the thing appears in front of the Lucy Dan, and he's like, hmm. <laughs> That's like the only difference in that sort of end conversation. Oh, okay. Hmm, I'll be interested to see. He looks somewhat sinister because that's the first time he sort of has a sort of like cheeky grin on his face. You know, it kind of looks like he's about to go. (laughs) But yeah, and also the the weird planet blob sun thing in the background changes color. I noticed. Does it? Yeah, your one's like super red, whereas if you're playing good, it's more sort of blue. Well, obviously. (laughs) Maybe that's another yeah, a good bad thing like the scars. Because he does make some good points, but he makes them in a kind of silly, woo-ha-ha kind of way. You know, <laughs> yes. it's like, it's like oh, we're we... going to take over the world! It's, uh, when his points are like, oh, we need to research this thing so that we can fight them in future, which is like valid points, things like that. And yet he's saying it in this kind of excellent, kind of Monty <laughs> Burns kind of way. And it's like, I, I, I almost could, I couldn't. I, I did the ending twice because I wanted to because I lost Morden. I didn't want him to die. And then, I, every time I was thinking, shall I save the ship? And then I ended up not saving it each time. But I, I don't know. I hope that that your your decision to save it doesn't make you 
you know, in any way evil, like in the next game, because it seems like I, I a can't help but think it will be one of those plot points that's, in, you know, like most of the carryovers from the first game that's pretty inconsequential. Yeah, because yeah. uh, unless the next game they're planning is massively varied. But why put so much like drama and have it as like practically the last thing you do in the whole game? As the important ending. Well, then yeah. again, but that was the thing with the council, wasn't it? In the end, it didn't actually make much of a difference to the overarching story. It just changed well, some of the conversations. So I get the that's feeling true. this will be the same thing, or maybe it will play a part in like a submission or something. But at the end of the day, it can't, or you know, maybe it's not part of this story. Maybe it's just one of those things that will, you know, it's just part of the world randomly that's sort of just there, you know. Because that council thing in the first, like in the second game, it's it's almost weird how little a part they play. Like they they reinstate you as Spectre, don't they? But like Spectre is made out as this hugely important thing that gives you so much privilege, and you can go yeah. everywhere and do anything. And in the second game, it's like whether or not you're a Spectre almost doesn't um, doesn't matter at all. <laughs> has has no meaning, no, because you're no dead. <laughs> exactly. So you're a free agent, regardless, really. So and you're pretty bad. Everyone just goes. That's fine. Yeah. And no one. Time, we don't yeah. even have to mention that you're expected to anyone. It's just like yeah, it's like after you get reinstated as a spectre. Because in the first game, it was like, oh, holy shit, it's him, he's a spectre. Give him access. And then the second yeah, game, yeah. it's like, hey guys, yeah, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's really weird. Maybe it's because in Mass Effect Two, the kind of people you're visiting don't really care about the law or. Or well, you'd think about... they'd be more worried if a spectre turns up because they're all like criminals or whatever. Like the people That's on true. Omega, they'd be like, oh shit, a spectre. Yeah, they wouldn't let you in the nightclub. If it... Oh, no, they would have to, though, wouldn't they? Because Saren turned up and more. And because they didn't want to make trouble, presumably. But they, yeah. you'd think they'd still comment on it. <laughs> yeah, it's just not mentioned. Whereas it, it's, like, bigged up as this absolutely massive thing that you're the first human spectre, and it's, like, the biggest thing that's ever happened. And then it's, like, it's like almost as if in Mass Effect 2, there's spectres, uh, human spectres everywhere. They're, like, the FBI or something. It's always perfectly <laughs> yeah. normal. It's really weird. Anyway. Presumably, there are a lot of these concessions are just out of the way the game is designed, you know, because of the overarching things. They have to play down some elements from the last game. Yeah, I, I agree with the decisions. I think overall, Mass Effect 2 was really damn good. I want to play it again, but um, it's not going to give us much to talk about apart from all Mass Effect 2. <laughs> it's probably not I'll a good idea, but I will play it, it again. Gameplay-wise, it's a lot better than the first, but at, in terms of, as I say, in terms of story and just general... Well, I thought I that general feel there's something not, not quite so immersive about Mass Effect 2 compared to the first. Hmm. Well, I, I don't make... feel quite so into it as I was when I was playing through the first game. Well, my main problem with the first one was um, no, I, saying I, that I, I do say, go back I say to it quite problem. regularly, which says something. That's true. Uh, <laughs> how are you doing on um, what's that JRPG Odyssey, Lost Odyssey? Um, yeah, I, I touched that once. And then I've <laughs> gone back to it since, and since last time I mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, my main thing about Mass Effect is obviously we play it um, completionist, you know. And there's that bit in the middle where you spend ages flying around, going to all the different planets, finding everything, and doing all the little missions and stuff. Yeah, and it gets kind of a bit samey because every planet has the same installation on it or whatever. I mean, it was nice but, that uh, they sort of forced missions upon you. That was nice. Yeah, to, to sort of forced mix you it back into the get, story. Gave it some urgency in places. The there funniest should have been more thing, of that. Uh, well, there was quite a bit of it. I mean, I think they did it, it to a like good degree. It was only like two or three times that happened, but they could have added more because there was so much to do in the world that, as I say, there mm. comes a point towards the end where it's just like, well, now there's no... Now now it's in your hands. You can go and finish everything everywhere. There'll be no more random pop-ups that you have to do immediately. Yeah. 
But I thought in the first game... They should have tried and it out so there would always be stuff to do. Yeah, well... Hmm. I don't know, did you not find there was always stuff to do in the second one? Well, no, do you it's know what I mean? Because... There was always stuff to do, but there's no, there was never always a, an essential plot progressor to do. If it's you know because all those, all those little side missions were, like, they were just side missions. Because obviously when you're doing, like, if it's going to force you to do a mission occasionally, you kind of want those to be... It's because of the weird way you get that, because you level up from doing the missions. They can't be very different all the side missions, they all have to be essentially go in and shoot some things because it has to account for the fact you might not do them in whatever order. You can't have, There were some interesting variants in the side missions this time. Like, you know... um, Yeah, well, look, the 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 concept of the... Yeah, the concept of the loyalty mission, whereby they are important to the story, but but, and yet you don't have to do them. Although, obviously, you end up doing them. Yeah, that, that was very clever. Because the one thing that was funniest about that in Mass Effect 1 was that you ignored the main story so that you could do all the side missions right. But the main story, while you were potting around the galaxy for literally hours, 10 hours maybe, doing these little side missions in these little places that all looked identical with different colored sand or whatever, a different colored sky, the main mission that was there waiting for you to pick up was called Race Against Time. (laughs) Yeah. And it was <laughs> the whole game. Race against time. You must do this. And yet, you know, you want to go and do everything else. But it's not bringing. You know, it almost breaks the story in a way because it's like the urgency is completely lost by the time you return to it once you're leveled up. You know. Yeah, it was quite inconsistent like that in the second game, wasn't it? Like where you go. Um, there's always like, yeah, everyone's really keen to hand it to the collectors. Let's go kick some butt. Yeah, let's do this. And then, and then you would not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was kind of the same again. Where it's like you, you, if you, especially with the, doing the loyalty missions, where it's just like, I want to go and see if my dad's crashed ship. I want to see this. It's like, but you, you know, we can put this off because we've got this big important mission. But then that, yeah. that's just like that's what the character says. But then of course you know that it's just like but it's a loyalty mission. It's it's important, and then you do it before the rest of the story, regardless of the fact that it's a weird like. Pointless wander off into the middle of nowhere for no apparent reason. Do quest. <laughs> it's quite nice that that lame, probably lamest loyalty mission went with probably the lamest character. Character, yeah. Jacob, Jacob, yeah. That's you know I was telling that about was that bug one, last time. Yeah, I was telling about that bug where I got stuck on that loyalty mission on the sand and I couldn't move. The re- I've remembered yeah. that the reason that I didn't want to reload was because I can't stand Jacob and I didn't want to listen to his dialogue again. <laughs> so I was like, get off this damn rock. I can't he is be a fairly annoying mission. character and, and, and his teeth don't move. Yeah, as you <laughs> noted, yeah. yeah. It's a shame that the black guy is the most annoying, but... <laughs> but then, yeah, shouldn't, be, know, shouldn't, be, shouldn't he be like the coolest? By, yeah, he by should law. be. He should do some yeah. kind of rap over the credits. Yeah, yeah, damn right. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, that point brings me to the next point. What the, where the fuck is the cool end theme? Because Mass Effect mm, 1 a had point. a really awesome sort of, like, 80s synth-pop style. Well, not synth-pop, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Sort of, like, um, synth end theme wave. that was, that was yeah. different and new, and you got, you, it was felt like a reward for finishing the game. Whereas Mass Effect 2, you just get the theme you'd been hearing on and off throughout the entire game, and it's like, meh, <laughs> where's the drama? Hmm. I, 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 I was quite disappointed by that. Actually, I was expecting another cool theme, but it's like um, 
like to a certain Hell. degree when you went in the second <laughs> Matrix film, isn't it? You still got Rage Against the Machine. It just wasn't as good. <laughs> yeah. I also liked how how the credit sequence the credit sequence was timed so that the music ended and at the end of the credits, except they then stuck the credits for the expand, for the DLCs onto the end of the credits. So it's like the music yeah, yeah. stops and then the credits just keep going because it's still got to go through all the DLC credits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was really, really dumb. They should have had some sort of like extra music that looped or something, like elevator music. Yeah, or if they just looped the music, that would have been fair enough. I can't Although remember then, if that had it a little faded out precisely. Did it I have a little teaser like thing at the end of the credits? Like I can't remember. Cheesy xylophone. No, it didn't have any legendary ending or whatever. <laughs> oh, oh. I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe if we go through it on insane mode. It has a secret ending. Mm. I like waiting for those. They're good in the Halo games, anyway. Mm. Usually, although Halo Two is a famous example of a game that finished like out of nowhere. <laughs> Halo Two have a legendary ending. It must uh, have, I remember. I can't remember what I, it is at the moment. Well, Halo Two, like legendary mode, the first level. I think I've heard that the first level is one oh, of yeah, the most difficult far. to do in legendary. But by nonetheless, far. nonetheless, uh, that's still um. Legendary mode in Halo 2 was just a bit silly. I mean, because I, I went through Halo 3 Legendary almost no problem um, on my own. So it's quite a lot easier. Quite if a I lot can easier. do it, if I can do it, then anyone can. But Halo 2, that first level, I saw Ruben trying to do it. It took hours and hours. I don't think he did it. He got stuck, you know, and there's nothing you can really do. Well, no. Do you, um, one of my, do you remember housemate Ben at uni? He was He literally spent a day... On that second room of Ky- on the second loading bay of Cairo Station. All oh, right, it's like and then knowing just about managed it. It's about knowing exactly where to put your like three grenades that you've got or whatever at the point yeah. when you enter the room or something. Oh, it's just time it so that yeah, so so you kill a lot of them before they even get into the fight. Yeah, I don't know. It's so damn. You do tough. have to jip it. Oh, I, I, one thing about Reach that really excited me, which is really dumb because but above it's like, everything you know, else. Yeah, well, almost. Like, it's the silliest little thing, but you know I'm saying that it, I, I'm looking forward to the single player because it reminds me of the first Halo game, right? Which is no and bad before, thing. Yeah, but, and before it went in a direction that I wasn't so interested in. Well, apparently, in Halo Reach, the Covenant don't speak English. Really? Yes. Interesting. Just, just like the first game, the Elites will yeah. be... It's you know I think that is really cool. And Wait, I, so even the grunts? Glad. Because I the don't grunts know about the grunts. Like, the grunts are just, like comically English, though, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> they might still they might still say the funny things and stuff. But I don't know. That was that was still a bit silly, like in the first game. It was fine, but there were so many of them, and you got that kind of comic aspect all the time, yeah, yeah. which didn't kind of suit it at all times. I mean, it, it was, was good. fine. I quite liked it. It gave it a bit of character, you know. Yeah, I quite liked it when you got the hardcore right at the end, like the, the, the elite, you know, grunts that had the silver. You know, they were part of the crack teams that went onto the, um, the Pillar of Autumn to destroy it uh, yeah. on that last level of Halo. And they, they had, like, uh, plasma cannons or something ridiculously powerful as well. Oh, they? fuel rock cannons. They? Yeah, they had fuel rock cannons. And, uh, and they were really accurate with grenades as well, which was really funny. Plasma grenades. So they could actually, they were actually dangerous. Really Although, cool. I, well, one of the things I, I I love about Halo, and this is unfor- <laughs> unfortunately, this was only one of the things they really added in in Halo Three, was the 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 bloody campaign meta game where it's like 
how to make the campaign score cooler add scoring and it's like holy crap it's like something simple and it's just amazing and the skull yeah. system is fantastic as well and it's pretty much unrivaled on that in that respect I mean, the scoring is really cool for playing co-op, you know, because that way you can yeah, help yeah. each other, but you and can still be... four-player co-op. I mean, four yeah. players. That's yeah. rare. And it's got to be good in Reach as well, because it's going to make a bit more sense, kind of story-wise, having four Spartans, <laughs> yeah, rather true. than, like, Master Chief whole squad and Arbiter, <laughs> and there's these other two guys who no one's ever heard of. Yeah. It could be fun. Yeah. It'll be awesome. Space combat. <laughs> I'm, I'm still taking the approach where I'm trying not to watch, because I know there's been another trailer or something recently. Well, there's one today that was multiplayer, and it was um, it was uh, the new versions of uh, Midship and, oh, cool. um, and yes, Ivory Midship. Tower. Oh, Midship, yes. Well, it, no, Midship was really cool because it was bigger than the old one. It was the same, but it had, I don't know if it had a basement, but it certainly had like a roof where you go through yeah, the top weird. of the level, you go up the top of the level through these kind of semi-permeable shields, right? And um, so you can go through them, but, sh- but fire oh, the, the, and the grenades shields. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, can't go through them. And you go out literally a- into outer space, so you're on the outside of the ship, and uh, the gravity suddenly goes down to very low, and you can move really fast across the in the low gravity across the level with the jetpacks or whatever, and then you can come back down into midship or whatever. And drop down or whatever. So that sounded really cool. It was like interesting, apparently built... interesting. But I think that would ruin the balance somewhat. I mean, well, yes, the whole idea of it is, is just to be miniature and like super tightly packed. Yeah, well, I, th- I think. I they mean, even to even add in... a bit of space so that it was uh, apparently it's good for four v four. Apparently, the new one. It's called. I was about uh... to say, in, in in even in the Halo Three DLC, they didn't fuck with midship. They left it exactly the same, and that was for its benefit. Well, we'll see. I mean, you could probably um choose to make those shields permanent if you just want a smaller game, probably. I mean, that's the sort of thing they probably add, you know, customizable. Maybe. I mean, you can always forge the levels so you can block those off. Oh, that's true. Uh, and then the other one was Ivory Tower or whatever, which was almost identical. It's just called Reflections now or something. But um, it that's just looked Halo really one, pretty. It? Ivory Tower? Uh, perhaps I'm saying the wrong I don't recognize that one. I'm saying the wrong one, but it was the one that we played a lot of in Halo 2 when we used to... Um, where it's got like a oh, it's not lockout or whatever launcher. it was called. The sort of icy one with the no, it's not icy. It's like indoors, and it's got like a waterfall and a rocket launcher, and then you go up on these lifts and uh... oh god, you know you recognise it. Indoors with anyway. a waterfall. Hmm. I think it had a waterfall, and it was kind of symmetrical. I think and it had walkways up above. Oh, it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like in a in a cave, was it? Or because there was that really big um, sort of. Um, Base on base level, um, that was sort of in an underground cave. Oh, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, that's in the first game. That's the icy one in the first game. No, no, no. It was, as I say, when I say cave, it was actually underground from Halo 2. It's not the ice one, not the big U bend. Oh, I think I know the one. You're talking about, Rob's talking about the one with where it was like, that was one of the big maps, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, one of the huge ones. No, I'm talking about a, a, a little one for deathmatch, but uh, or what's it called, Slayer? <laughs> that's what it's called. Ah, oh, never mind. Everyone that's uh, listening to this, if they are, would be screaming at the screen saying, "It's, it's yeah. this one." Oh, never mind. But yeah, but it did How look cool. I don't remember. Know, it's been several years. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we're playing it up until it got shut off. 
No. I, I, I was a bit, as I said before, I was a bit bit annoyed that I missed that, that you know, the last hurrah. But... Oh, never mind. It's being a bit nostalgic, really, isn't it? Just, yeah. I mean, it's not like you play Halo 3 all the time, is it? Even though you've now got well, the... Well, uh... true, but, it, but I still respect that it is fantastic. Hmm. Well, hopefully Reach shall revive that sort of jumpy, crazy combat. It does well, look mental. Yeah, the, I mean, the, 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 the new level is, they were we, talking we about today... We all need to get into it. It's one of yeah. those multiplayer games that's better when you have... when you know, Well, like most multiplayer games with me, to be honest, it is so much better when you know the guys you're playing with. Well, Zach's still not got a console, but... Uh... Well, he, he could at least guest with me at times, I suppose. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that could be cool. When you're big the TV. unranked list idea is hopefully still stand. Yeah, the new... Really badly fail. <laughs> the new yeah, level yeah. they're showing off in that video as well was like an, one for the invasion uh, new, new game type. So it was like uh, Spartans assaulting some points, effectively. Um, like battlefield points. Oh whatever. yeah, yeah, the new assault mode, basically. Yeah, they had that. They had, that was that was one of the levels in the in the Reach beta we talked about. Right. Okay. Where you had to basically push forward, and as you do, the sort of intensity of the weapons and vehicles available to you increases. So eventually, yeah. it becomes like tank on tank. <laughs> well, the final stand here was in this giant tower where the elites all spawn at the top of the tower because it's the last point and they're all sniping out of it and then you have to sort of jump up to it and it's this oh you can fly up to it and these helicopter things you know twin rotor tilt rotor things and uh the elites also had the ability to fall off the off the tower but they had these little pads that would stop them from dying if they managed to hit them uh on the way down so they could actually get down yeah it's quite interesting we'll have to see how that one plays out they're taking hmm. some interesting, yeah. They're taking some interesting routes in Reach. So not all yeah. of them will work, I, I wager, but at least they're no, I agree. trying to go out with some interesting experiments. Things they probably wanted to do before, but were a bit timid on. Yeah. I just hope they have a lot of options. Well, the, the trouble is because of the way it will work with like their matchmaking and whatever and their playlist system. I, it's like there won't be quite enough options for, like, not having specific backpacks or whatever. Because I don't well, think I don't know. We don't, we don't know the level of customization yet. That's probably but, one of those things you can just forge into the game like you could with every other game type. You know, it, well, that wouldn't even be the forge, was it? You could set up game types to enable you where you had grenades and how fast you moved and how your shields act. It'll probably be just another one of those options. Yeah, but I meant for, like, matchmaking or whatever. It won't be... I mean... It's fine if you're just, like, hosting a game and then, like, getting a bunch of people you know to join or whatever. Yeah. I'm sure that will still have a ton of options. But then, like, for matchmaking in their actual playlists, I have this... I I just don't like all of the backpacks. That's my problem. I mean, I call them backpacks because I've been playing Red Faction, but we'll come to that. The armor abilities. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I I don't like the idea of having all of those available all the time. But then that, like... That might turn into one of the things where it will be like the community will they'll eventually start putting in playlists where it's like the community has decided that we don't like this one very much. <laughs> so now the now we'll make a playlist that won't have that one. Well, exactly. Yeah, Bungie have always been very open to that sort of stuff. And admittedly, they're a bit slow on the uptake because it took them a yeah. while to introduce SWAT game types and stuff, and even then they still didn't get it quite right. But <laughs> you know, hmm. they will listen. They're probably one of the biggest listeners out there. 
So, Zach, I think you should uh, probably give us the lowdown on a Red Faction Gorilla. Is that what you've been playing? <laughs> yes, quite a lot. I still haven't actually finished the single player, though, so there'll be I more. I actually played two hours of it as well, so... Oh, well, <laughs> I yeah. think you've got an opinion. Uh, well, it's basically hilarious still. It's, sort of like... it's, a, it's a good laugh. I have to so say, my, my only you... criticism so far, like two hours in, has been the difficulty curve has already become a bit odd. Like... I've just entered the second area, just gone into dust, and that first yeah. mission you have to do in dust is so much harder than everything that's come before it. Which mission is that? Do you know the you one, the one where you have, the, the miners are having a demonstration or something, the EDF oh, right. up an open fire, and then you've got to, there's millions of them around, and you, so you've got to um, like protect the civilians first, then you have to destroy these PA speakers that are luring miners into the death zone. And uh, I normally did that one last... Because I think doing it, I doing it for think you have a choice, do you? Because it's yeah. Because you can go to you, have to do when you can go to any of the free. You can go to any of the free gorilla mission icons on the map because only the fourth one is locked, the one that frees the area. I can only see one. It's probably because you haven't got explored the fog of war to see them. Oh, you're allowed to. Oh, okay. So that's not that's not made made clear. So I'm, no. I'm allowed to drive into that area because beforehand, if I drove outside of the known area, it would be what was called the free fire zone and the ADF would just start shooting at me. Oh no, that's because the free fire zone is a specific area. It's the bit north of Parker is a specific area, like how dust is an area. So it's not saying right. it's a free fire zone, it's saying this is the free fire zone. <laughs> Got and you. If... That's and, not made clear. Yeah. That's not no, made clear. I guess it's but not. I'm glad that's cleared up. But yeah, that 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 mission that you're talking about is probably pretty hard if you try and do it straight away because that that's easy if you have the rocket launcher, <laughs> right? Because you, you you go in like you go to the rally and then you shoot the guys and that like that's easy enough. And then when it says take out the speakers, you just snipe them with the rocket launcher from across the quarry. <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense. Then you just jump in a vehicle, drive to the where the dude is, and hit him with rockets as well. <laughs> So I got pretty close to it for a few times, and then, as I say, it got to that bit at the end where you have to chase the guy, and uh, I, you know, I'd spent ages clearing out these PA towers by hand, sort of going yeah. out to them, clearing out the guys, <laughs> remote charging them, running away, and then you had, and then it goes, oh, chase this guy before he gets away. So you get in your car and you do so, and what's the first thing that happens? An EDF bastard rams you and you flip, so the guy gets <laughs> away. So then it's like, God yeah, damn it, that, that took me catching... ages to get here. Yeah, catching that guy really has an incredibly short window. It's like, that's quite a bastard on the end of that mission. It's like, even if you actually do the towers by shooting them down with rockets or whatever, it's still quite a... You can't cock it up even slightly, because then he just gets away. <laughs> also, I was a bit disappointed, like, when you move between areas, it doesn't, like, use a new texture set or anything. No, it just recolors the world on the fly. It, like, it applies a colour filter. Or something. To yeah, just it's say, like the lighting well, is slightly less orange. Like... Yeah, it's, it's kind of pretty weird. Shit. I was, it's pretty lazy actually, because you'd expect like a slightly more obvious sort of like area change. Like you know, like they'd be using slightly different rock textures or something like that. No, no it's just a recolor. Well, it's like the... <laughs> already. I mean, it, it, I mean, it makes sense that it sort. It sort of makes sense that it's just a recolor that it because you know it's just like. Yeah, You're not no, even going that far. Same, it's still the same planet, but <laughs> why the hell would there be a recolored area? You know, it's... yeah, the recolor doesn't make much sense, and it gets worse really? later on, where it's oh, like really? you go into the slightly green area, where it's like, oh, now there's plants, sort of, not very much. 
not like is that just think, a... like here's some moss <laughs> okay <laughs> so the okay. land is slightly green in color well <laughs> maybe that means there's a different texture though possibly and there's maybe like just... small little tufts of gra- grass sticking up wow that way they're terraforming Mars then yes for some reason it only affects that very specific area <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't make any sense from a scientist no. Unless that and area, plus, and plus which that area is also one of like one of the major buildings in that area is like a, a garbage incinerator. It's like, should you put the incinerator, garbage incinerator, further away from the place you're trying to terraform, <laughs> not directly in it? Did you see that um, Sci-Fi are making a, um, a television <laughs> movie of Red Faction? Oh but God, yeah. Can't, it can't be. Uh, it can't follow the actual story of Red Faction. Surely. There's no possible. Well, yeah, there's no possible way it will be good unless they go all out and make a super cheesy Total Recall style film. It's the only way. Total Recall is well, obviously as as a big inspiration. They need to, it, uh, it needs to have oh, a shit ton of explosions and shit and things blowing up. It's like yeah. they, they need to go heavy on demolishing random buildings because that's all you do. <laughs> it needs a bit where the action heroes solve the problem by tunnelling through a wall <laughs> with explosives. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the whole <laughs> exactly, point of the original Red Faction. You're right. That's exactly where, where they got it from, isn't it? The whole big drills from Total Recall and stuff. And the whole yeah. point was terrain defamation. Yeah. And uh, now they've yeah, got it right, at least. Demolishing <laughs> every goddamn structure you, you find is hilariously awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's totally it seems- it seems to me well, from watching you guys playing the awesome. playing the demo that like it is really hard, but then it like the difficulties re- curve as it is is really weird because almost like Deus Ex in a way because it's like it's really hard, but if you figure out some way of jipping it like by blowing up a certain thing or something, then or like, like having a rocket launch. Well, yeah. I did find I did find myself as I went through the game when I I mean when you're when you're doing the missions, obviously you're like you set up to you know you find what the trick is to do it easily and quickly or whatever but when i was just like demolishing random structures or whatever i actually started to like actually play more like a gorilla where it's like sneak in because it's actually kind of hard to not just start just like running and, and go rah, and just blow the shit every up <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, it's but it's actually a way more easy once you work out the sort of weird mechanics of sneaking to like break in and then like sneak up and then just rig the entire building with explosives before anyone notices. <laughs> you can do that, because so far as whenever I've got near anything I need to demolish, the EDF has just gone, there's a bloke, kill him. Well, you have and to... You, a... I mean, obviously, I don't know if you have it yet, but you get, like, the enemy radar so you can see enemy units. That's pretty useful I think for you start, get that from the start, sort of, but... Well, not provided you don't get hostile, right at the start. See them, but... Oh, yeah, if they're active. But I mean, you get one that sees them when they're just patrolling or whatever. So that's yeah. obviously that's obviously useful. But you can actually get you can actually do like silent melee takedown if you come up behind them, and you don't have to like. <laughs> that's the thing that you that one of the like sort of elements of it that you might not realize immediately because you think when you want to be stealth you're like I'm going to crouch and I'm going to sneak up behind you really slowly and then melee you to death but in actual fact providing you're not in their field of view you can just run up right sprint up right behind them and just go whack <laughs> and that counts as a silent takedown despite you going Row! with your incredibly loud hammer <laughs> So, yeah. oh, wait, so, you, it, so you're allowed to use the hammer and that's still mysteriously silent. 
Yeah, and provide yeah. in some in some cases, providing you don't fire too many bullets, you still don't get an alert level. Like if you take out maybe one guy with short bursts, you can get away with it. So it is possible to be sort of stealthy. Mm. Maybe that will change things up. Well, as I say, when I get later on in the game, maybe that will become applicable. At the moment, it's just like enter area, get spotted, get shot at. <laughs> Well, that's the other... I mean, in, there are some cases where it's just like, you're never going to be able to sneak in here. It's best just to, like, go on full-on assault. But then that's better to do when you've got, like, full morale so you get as many guerrilla reinforcements as possible. True. So it's not just you shooting every single person in the entire world. <laughs> like taking like taking out the high-priority buildings and things. Yeah, those are pretty difficult. It sounds, again, a bit like Deus Ex in that it has stealth, but it's more of... But it hasn't really got any stealth it, mechanics. It doesn't like a really stealth intentionally game. have stealth. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like it, it's, it's just yeah. an afterthought that happens to be there. Yeah, it's like stealth in the sense that you can move around guards or whatever, but it doesn't have any like hide mechanic or whatever, like or mm. you know. Well, you can sort thing. of hide. It's like if because I mean like boxes and shit block, block line of sight, so it's like you can occasionally avoid detection. It's like I was rigging a like a garage or whatever to explode and then because it was right next to the road occasionally the edf patrol vehicles drive past it's like slow as you see them coming on the map and they quickly run behind a crate and crouch and then they just drive past <laughs> it's like because occasionally the random patrols will just spot you and be like oh shit there he is get him so you have to like if you stay out of line of sight you can avoid detection <laughs> yeah interesting but it's really just a funny game for just like Blowing shit up. Blowing shit up, yep. Exactly. <laughs> and it does that beautifully on your new PC, I imagine. But... Yeah, yeah, nice yeah. and <laughs> Well, even on mine, there's some, it's not running silky, is it? So your, your one must... Uh... But you, I, you're running well, a 400 you're, you're more, video, right? You notice more whether no, things I are suppose, exactly yeah. It's but not yeah. super silk, even on mine. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's totally fine. I'm not complaining. But, you know, it's, a, uh, it's one of those could-do-better jobs still. Hmm. It it it's, better, it's better than the 30 frames per second you'd get on a console. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It, it does nice get nice on the console, though, wasn't it? I mean, you know, it I'm kind work. of waiting for more of the hilarious missions like that one from the from the demo. We're getting <laughs> chased the by loads of guys with rocket launchers. <laughs> Just because the the, the the lots of EDF vehicles is hilarious. They just like the ran everything. Like the bit where you're leaving dust, for instance, and there's shit tons of them everywhere, just jumping all around you, like off the terrain, because they don't really know how to handle it properly, and they just go like spewing off. Uh, it yeah, did seem to me bad driving AI. Yeah, no, but it's hilarious. It's brilliant. It's it's quite exhilarating just watching it happen around you. It seemed like one of those demos that gives you a lot of the game, like the, the most fun stuff. You know, it's like here's all the cool stuff. In a way. Yeah, yeah, I'd, here's, I'd here's say probably that mission yeah. was one of the more awesome ones. I don't think there was any other of the actual mission missions that really compared to how ridiculous that was. My favorite example of one of those demos was the the old Shadows of the Empire demo. Oh yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Well, they give you the ago. best ho- mission. The yeah, the best bit, the whole hot thing, all of it, and then. Leave out all the crap, and it's for free. So it's like bonus. <laughs> there was quite a funny mission, sort of in the middle, where you have to like, um, you have to go into this airbase and set set like remote explosives into the aircraft that are on the on the pads, 
and then it's like that sets them blow up when they get 10, 10 feet off the ground or whatever so it's like yeah okay <laughs> so you go and drive up to like the gates of this place and then your commander comes over the radio and he's like you'll need to avoid the guards and be stealthy and then Mason is like stealth is not really my thing <laughs> it's like no really so then I, it's like I obviously actually tried to do a bit of stealth and it's like I got past the first few guards and I managed to get one of the explosives onto one of the aircraft and I was like yes this is working and then they spot when they spot you Mason just goes whoops <laughs> in this kind of really sarcastic voice <laughs> it's like whoops now I'll have to blow everything up <laughs> Yeah. Oh no! So, and the funny thing about that was, is like when you trigger the trigger that that you know, once they become alerted to your presence, it's just like you can just blow up the vehicles however you want, but you can still put the bombs on them. So I was just like, oh fuck this! So I was just making it from plane to plane, shoving the bombs in, and like on the last plane, I was literally putting the bomb into the into the plane's tailpipe as the pilot was climbing in. <laughs> <laughs> like, how does he not notice? And then he just takes off and explodes. <laughs> awesome. So you do get to see some planes actually take off and then explode immediately. <laughs> yes. It's like, awesome. how could you not realise, after I've been standing next to these things suspiciously, while you're shooting at me, why would the pilot still decide to get in? In fact, some of the pilots shot at me as well. <laughs> Which is doubly <laughs> stupid. Uh, more uh, sensible than getting in the plane when you've just bombed it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. There are some genius little asides that happen. Like, just, just little things where you sort of think, man, that's awesome. Like, one time where I flipped a car, so it was, like, on its back, sort of 45 degrees at the wrong angle. And then you told, I told Mason to get out of the car, but instead of just getting it, he sort of climbed, clambers out a bit and then fell over. When Mason ragdolls, it's so awesome. It's like, if a, <laughs> like, you climb out of a car, but then for some reason there's a slight glitch and like the door hits you and you just ragdoll and you're like... Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's just really funny. Or it's like you're running down a slope, but the slope there's just like one polygon that's slightly too steep, and then you just ragdoll, and you're like uh, 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 down the hill. That's <laughs> really funny. For some reason, but for some reason, most of the time when you ragdoll, you don't even take any damage. So it's like you can fall off some quite high cliffs and then ragdoll, and it looks really bad. But then you're just like, no, I'm fine. You just get up again. <laughs> yes. Just I suppose it's more work because you get like, <laughs> and the other things are just like when you casually blow up a building that's miles away, and one piece of rubble just happens to fly quite a long distance into your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it knocks you over as well. That, that's hilarious. The worst well, thing I've done is some stupid things as well, like you know those EDF crates you're supposed to be destroying as you go around the place. Yeah. And I, I just like I, I, I knocked a, knocked one in with the with the sledgehammer, and then walked into it because it's still standing, and destroyed the other side. Then of course the roof fell on me, and you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's just it now. It's like the problem. It's like obviously they've tried to create this awesome sort of weird physics engine for building demolition, but you do still get like this entire building is supported by one of its four walls. <laughs> yeah. And then, if you, you, like, and then you walk into it because you're like, why is this still standing? And then it decides to randomly fall over and just crushes you. It's like, oh, you bastard. <laughs> like marvelling at the, the physics of the situation. What the hell is going on, Splat? Yes, yeah, it does. Like, there's, a, there's a point where it considers the building critical, doesn't it? Where it's going to go. And yeah. uh, 
but it's and like that, even so, so that critical state <laughs> is fairly ridiculous because it's like yeah you can have this really off-center building being stood up by a sing like a, a single pole in the far right-hand corner of it for instance <laughs> with the rest of this yeah, giant don't... concrete thing overhanging on the left and somehow that this one thing is strong enough to stay perfectly straight and yet it's yeah. making a creaking noise yeah <laughs> yeah you're like is it actually going to fall down is it are they going to have to walk over there? You're just like, <laughs> do you risk trying to get any closer to this? Or are you going to get crushed by falling rubble? It's particularly annoying with really tall buildings where it does that. Because <laughs> yeah. those can fall over and hit you a hell of a long way away, like smokestacks or whatever. <laughs> if those fall in the wrong direction, it's hard to get out of the way. There are some great things like that when you demolish a building and stuff. I'm particularly fond of all the smoke effects of the like wreckage sort of just lying around. How it is actually hard to see around the wreckage. Yeah, well, the, I, that, that I mean, pretty the, cool. The sort of annoying thing about it is, is whenever you demolish a building or whatever, because you want like the salvage from it. It's like you blow the shit out of this building and it falls down, and then you have to kind of like run backwards and forwards over the wreckage to make sure you scoop up all the salvage. Because yeah. it's like you can't, even though the salvage has like a little shiny effect when it's out in the open, when it's under all the rubble, it's like you can't tell where it is. So you just have to like casually zigzag backwards and forwards over the rubble to make sure you scoop up all the delicious salvage. Mmm, <laughs> delicious salvage. I'm not sure that was really necessary. They probably could have just made it so it's like if you demolish the movie, you just get the salvage. It just deposits it, deposits it automatically into your into your salvage reserve. That probably would have been... Because it's not like... It's like, you've just blown the shit out of this giant enemy barracks or whatever, and there's hundreds of guys around you who have suddenly been alerted. They're like, holy fuck, let's get him! And then you have to run back the supporters over the wreckage <laughs> scooping up the salvage while, while they're all shooting at you. It's like... <laughs> Do a little dance. It's like, hey like, guys, that, I'm over that, here. not really Watch a me. game mechanic. Well, I should have added something like, you, like walking over rubble is a bad idea, so like you trip up and stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess more more so than you do already. Like very occasionally, if the rubble is still sort of settling. <laughs> Although buildings do tend to, when they actually collapse, they do tend to flatten a lot. That's the thing that isn't in their amazing engine. You don't like get a pile of rubble. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's sort of like over overruns each other. But the problem is, is maintaining that level of physics is is hard. Yeah. There has to be a there has to be a. Uh, um, but, you know, the fact that they collapse and sort of interact with each other while they're collapsing is impressive enough to have something of that detail actually compress, uh, sorry, actually collapse and uh, have every single piece interacting with each other is quite difficult. You need it to sort of form a polygonal object once it's settled, don't you? That would be really difficult to do. Yeah, a bit like locked, locked down somehow. It's yeah. like when they stop moving in part below a certain speed or something, it just locks it in place. Create a new object out of it. Yeah, it'd be hard, but yeah, it would work. But even so, the, you know, just the fact that they, as you say, it's it's not because they sort of flatten out mid go. It's because all, the, as I say, not every piece of rubble interacts with each other, um, no. because it just wouldn't be computationally feasible at the moment. No, it's only on those crazy um, videos that people make of crisis where they have to literally turn around and see the barrels exploding. Go past oh, that was brilliant! Yeah, that one. Where you look at it, so the many... computer will crash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can just see the edges of the flames coming over your shoulder. Very <laughs> so funny. And some of those guys did them uh, looking at the uh, 
that all the barrels are exploding, but like pro- they had a some kind of plug-in that they'd made so that they could, uh, you know, take it like process one every second and they just leave it on there. Oh, right. like, a, like a time demo, you mean, rather than a real-time thing? Yeah, exactly. Effectively, that's like... Well, it's a real-time game, but you're rendering it a slower than... Yeah, yeah, you can. Well, you can do that with um yeah. with anything really. You can tell it to. It's like um anything that's classed as a time demo is basically a render as fast as you can. Don't bother with the real time calculations. Right, so that'd it's be like it, it just renders it frame by frame as best it can. So, for instance, in Team Fortress, if you recorded a demo on Zach's machine and ran it as a time demo on mine, you could get a ratio of how different the speed was to run that exact oh. same sequence. So it's a fantastic benchmarking tool. In theory, you could do that with Crisis. You know, you say, set up a really difficult physics scenario, run it like a time demo, and then if it can't handle it as fast as real time, it will still, it will take the time to work it out. Yeah. <laughs> so I suppose either cool. of you have tried that game on a, or, or similar on your... Not on a universe. powerful machine. I tried it on my old computer. And well, it was barely playable. Red Faction is the equivalent of that for me. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get anything more technically advanced than that, really. For the time being, anyway. There was another... Yeah. <laughs> there was another funny thing about Red Faction is that... Because you can pick up, like, enemy guns, and once you find them the first time, it adds them to your weapon locker. So you can basically fully refill your ammo for them or whatever. So obviously you like kill an enemy dude with a shotgun and you pick up the shotgun and then next time you go to your weapon locker, it's like, oh, now you can have the shotgun. So that's how you get quite a few weapons. But for some reason, as I was going through like the missions, like the random gorilla guys who came and fought along with me, they started having better weapons than me. And I was like, where are you getting these from? <laughs> I want those. So, like, after one of the missions, it was like, okay, now I'm going to have to run around and check to see whether any of those gorillas died so I could have their gun. And then, uh, then even later than that, in, like, the next safe house, there was a guy on the firing, on, like, the little firing range at the back of the safe house. And he had, like, an awesome gun that I, I hadn't even seen the enemies use yet. And I was like, I'll just hammer you to death and steal that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that small morale drop by killing a civilian, but I'll have your awesome gun. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's too tempting when civilians have like high tech gear that you really need. It's like it all morality. It was the ridiculous gun. It was. I think you'll like it when you get it, Rob, because it's basically a far sight, like from Perfect Dark. Oh, awesome. <laughs> with an X-ray scope, and it can shoot through anything. <laughs> nice. It's totally ridiculous. The trouble is, okay. the X-ray scope doesn't really go deep enough. So you can't really use it for sniping as such. It's not like the it, infinite farsight like it was in Perfect No, Dark. it doesn't weirdly scroll through the landscape like it did in Perfect Dark because <laughs> it was seeking a target. But it's pretty damn ridiculous, awesome. And you can like sh- shoot guys out of vehicles as well. If you're... It, was, it was a pretty awesome thing where I was like doing a guerrilla defense mission where you had to like hold off an EDF attack on some buildings. And so I killed all the, all the troops, but there was, like, a rocket-launching tank. It was, well, I suppose they're a sort of an artillery tank. It's like, they've got, like, six rocket pods or whatever. And that was just sitting there, firing the occasional rocket at the buildings. And I sniped the bloke out of it, and it was just like, okay, free rocket tank, let's go and blow some shit up. <laughs> that was rather convenient. Use that to take out a high-priority target. 
And, so basically, and, and the one annoyance I think, you know, big annoyance, other than the difficulty curve of Red Faction, is those pop-up things. You know, the ones that sort of go, "Oh, we need some help!" Like now, like the convoy well, ones are, and they happen with annoying frequency at the start of the game. You know, straight away you get like a number of these things happening, and it's like, "Well, I want to do the next mission." And it's like, "No, you've got to come do this." Well, you don't actually have to do them immediately. So it's like they respawn if you ignore oh, okay. them or if you fail them. I'm not. I'm not even because you get the like the defensive ones where it's like the EDF are going to attack here. Come help us. I'm not. I think those probably even respawn if you ignore them as well. But I normally go and do those ones immediately. <laughs> are they like those bloody gang wars in GTA San Andreas? Do you remember that? Come. Help us. Yeah, I guess it is sort of like that. And you're like, I'm in bloody San Francisco. Like, you'll lose influence. Like, I care. That that was the problem with San Andreas's version, of course. Where it's like, you did actually lose something if you didn't go do them. That's true. Although at the end, (laughs) there, you you lost them all anyway. Did it again? Yeah. Yeah, you you have to do them all again. (laughs) That was such a bastard. You went and did them all, didn't you, the first time around, didn't you, Zach? Yeah, I just, as soon as that became an option, it was just like, Oh, I'm, these messages are going to get really annoying. I'll just do every single one of them. <laughs> right, I can travel all the area. Now you guys can shut up. <laughs> There's a lot of them, though. It took forever to do all of them. Yeah, that was that was the thing that stopped me playing that game was when that came about, because I got bored yeah. quite quickly. They made quickly. some design <laughs> mistakes in that one, which uh, won't make Those missions were just really dumb anyway. It was like, you just had to find a building you could climb onto the roof of, because yeah. then you could just camp there and snipe everyone. Oh, you kind of the ran up the street. Up to you. And they'd and they'd all run in a straight line towards you, and then you just done the Yeah, you could pick certain spots where they just all charged at you in a line. Yeah, it's like do do do. Yeah, because they kind of path along the along the paths. <laughs> yeah, immediately. I guess that was kind of the game's version of the uh, killing sprees, uh, because that they'd cut that from because the the what were they called originally? No, they were called killing sprees in the first game, and then they and they were kill frenzies in GTA Two. Oh no, you're right. No, kill frenzy. That's right. That's what they were in the first one, weren't they? And the second one, and then they changed kill it to kill frenzy. They changed the name to rampage, didn't they? Because it wasn't as funny for some reason. I don't know why did they change that. Anyway, but they had rampages in all the way up to Vice City, didn't they? And then they thought, well, this is the games are getting a bit too serious for this. For just chewing everyone. Yeah, hey, where's my electro yeah. figures? But so, so they. <laughs> So I guess that was their kind of replacement in San Andreas, the gang wars, but it didn't really work, and then they just chucked it completely. So you don't have any. That would be so silly, wouldn't it, Nico Bellic? If you if there was a a, a kill frenzy power up in in the new GTA, <laughs> yeah. it would just be so. Which then just gives him a gun, and you get unlimited ammo to go mental. Yeah, yeah have a flamethrower. It's really not in character anymore, is it? <laughs> they should just make a GTA where it's all fucking nuts. It's called Saints Row 2, I heard. <laughs> well, no, well, you know, no, it's not even that, really, is it? It's like it's probably just cause is probably a, yeah, maybe. a better iteration of it. Do you know what I mean? It sounds, so it sounds like what, or I'd want to see. Yeah. Or I'd want to see Rockstar attempt it, is what I'm saying. I know there are others that exist, but I want to see Rockstar attempt it. Yeah. Just lose the seriousness and see what they come up with. Because chances are it will probably be that nice middle ground where it's insane, but not overly insane like crackdown <laughs> well you never know it's not like they're, they're, they're still they've made games like bully and uh no manhunt no i don't know but they've made some really silly stuff in their modern times as well as well not, i'm not saying silly in a bad way <laughs> as well as <laughs> <Rockstar> <laughs> that is definitely silly yeah rockstar games presents ping pong 
Is that what table it was tennis. called? It was table called. tennis. Yeah, that makes more sense. Uh, but yeah, so apparently it's not beyond good. there. Yeah, apparently. Didn't uh, your brother play it? Yeah, played it quite a lot. <laughs> that was like the um, trying to get it for the for the tech, wasn't it? For GTA Four, they were developing, so they made that game as like a proof of concept for the tech almost. Well, the, the thing was, is it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't just a proof of concept for the for the animation tech. It was actually a really intriguing, yeah. sort of unique control scheme. The way you sort of like. It was almost like the um, Mario Tennis system where once you're in position, you hold for the shot, but you could the length of your hold actually affected how much spin you put on the ball and you could Ooh, your different shots basically controlled the spin of the ball rather than how you hit it and things like that. So it was... Yeah, I really like a... Mario Tennis on, on the N64. Damn right. Such a good game. Yes, it is clearly the best. <laughs> never been surpassed, is it? Because I never really got into, like, the, the proper, no. per se, like, tennis games. Virtual. Like, everyone shouted off about top spin. And yeah. I just couldn't get into it. I found no. it too hard to read what was going on compared to the super telegraphed um, Mario Can't tennis. Say, we pretty much yeah. know what's going to happen, apart from power pads. <laughs> well, you could, yeah. t- you could see those coming, though, couldn't you, power pads? Well, you couldn't because you didn't know what kind of shot it was going to be. Well, it was either going to be a hard shot or it was going to be a pat shot. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Oh, so hilarious. Oh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you could kind of prepare for it if you were playing doubles. At least someone could go forward, and that might be worth picking up. I know it's just like the game, a port of the GameCube version, but pick up like Mario Tennis on the Wii or something. Well, I or, think or, or, or the, the N64 version. Oh. I've still got it, but I think the N64 version has come out for Virtual Console now. So yeah, I think I saw that the other day. Oh, and I was awesome. thinking, oh man, we certainly get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but well, I have the original, so... Yeah, that's true. That's true. My N64 still works, so it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Provided you've is... still got an N64 and controllers that work, that we it's can the controllers. not buy the Wii coffee. <laughs> well, do you, do you remember that, that, that I got to the stage where I could actually sort of play as both members of the tit, both, both, both parties of a doubles <laughs> Double control on, on my own? Yeah, that's true. Was, you were pretty good. It was like an intriguing method where you had to like use one controller to control the. You'd use you'd place one controller so you'd it would act as your thumb on the control stick level. So you'd move the whole controller and move the stick on the other controller. On the other controller. And the yeah. only the only downfall was I had to use my lip as one of the button presses. Oh dear. <laughs> Not very sensible. I wonder how. I mean. How would that work? Because you have to press the A and the B at the same time for the smash shots, and so the controller has to be has to have the buttons in that kind of shape, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? it like I can't a, remember exactly how I had it rigged, but it was difficult, and I managed to make it work. It was like one on one hand or something. I no, that was it. No, it was still a two-handed arrangement in that I used um, I could control one character pretty much one-handed, so a thumb on the stick, then my index fingers on A and B, and rest that down somewhere. And then the other one, it can control it with, like, the movement with the left stick. But then I needed something else to push the buttons. Something yeah. else where my mouth came in play. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking, if you bought uh, it on the Virtual Console, and let's say you had, I don't know, the classic controller, would that have the right button arrangement to be able to play it with the old control scheme? No. 
What does the graphics you could, Yeah, you'd like? still be able to play it in the same way because the controls. Were, I wouldn't be able to do my interesting double controller arrangement no. anymore. That, that'd but be if fucked. You, but, if you didn't have the classic controller and you were using a nunchuck and remote, that would be kind of weird, I imagine, because presumably you'd have A on the top and B on the bottom. But then, what would be the equivalent of Z in that setup? Yeah, yeah that's you need, well, you need the Z, a trigger you? on the other controller, on the nunchuck. Oh, what the actual Z on? Yeah, yeah, use, right. use the, use yeah the that Z would be kind of weird. That work. I mean, you only but use yeah. that Z to like cancel your shot. It's not like all the time. <laughs> True, but it's still it's like because all the way it used to be with the N64 controller, it was like that was your trigger finger under the movement button. But in that case, it was like you're right. Well, the, the trouble oh, with no. pressing the the Z button on the on the Wii Remote nunchuck is kind of more difficult to push because of the way your hand wraps around it. Yeah. Like, I never liked that button very much. And it's all kind of soft and squidgy as well. <laughs> I don't like the feedback from it. It's got your DS light range problem for you. Yeah. <laughs> and the C button on it is even worse, but nothing uses that, so it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. It was used as your look around button and... Well, of course, the worst, thing is, <laughs> the worst thing is if, if a game tries to make you use both of those... Because it's like, how do you do that? Do you have one finger up there and then move it between them? Or do you try and put two fingers up there so you have one finger on each? And then it feels really awkward. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not good. I haven't come across that yet where it actually makes you use both buttons with some frequency. Yeah, obviously they realise that it wasn't a good idea to try and do that. Yeah. That nunchuck is so light, that controller. It's crazy. Yeah, it's because it's like there's yeah. nothing in it. Hmm. That is half the problem, is that it's... The Wiimote feels fine for motion control, but the nunchuck has nothing to it, so it doesn't feel yeah. quite right. Maybe they should have put a rumble pack in there or something just to wait it out. Don't know. Don't know. Dual hand rumble. That would actually be awesome, though. Because then you that could have really independent cool. hand rumble. That would have been super awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's yeah. coming from the left! Here's left hand rumble! <laughs> Stereo rumble, yeah. They sort of get that in controllers, though, don't they? But it's it's not strictly right. Like, you know when you're doing the mining in Mass Effect? Yeah. Or yeah. The, the shit scanning, anyway. Yeah, basically <laughs> mining. Lame. Um, it's, it's like, depending on which part of the graph comes up, the, 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 diff- the motors behave differently in the controller. So I don't know if you noticed, if you like got oh, the yeah, yeah, zero, yeah. for instance, you get the really yeah. rumbling one because it's using the big good. motor on the left. However, yeah. if you've got... What was it? Is it platinum or the other one on the far right? Yeah. It would be well, using the right hand motor, which is the smaller motor, which gives you that slight jiggle. So it was actually it... trying to make the rumble effect sweep across the controller depending on what you found. Uh, was that, yeah, Zach, was that, was that a guest appearance by an Apache helicopter gunship there? I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't see. It was too dark. It had well, lights, hit... so it might not have been. That... Well, we didn't oh, hear right. the faint sounds of. It does seem like everything outside is making super noise tonight. It's like dogs and trains and helicopters. It's like, what the fuck's going on out there? That is what they fly out of... Uh, <laughs> out, out of uh, Mottisham. Yeah. Mottisham. Yeah, you do airfield. see them come past quite a lot. But normally they don't come directly into the house. They're a bit further away than that one, which is why I think it may not have been. It was probably in Sea King or something. Chinook or something, yeah. Well, it didn't don't sound very like Chinooks. I've never seen one come over and eat them. Oh, I've seen I a couple. They do sometimes. 
Well, I don't think they fly them uh, regularly out of their airfield, but I think they must sometimes have training flights yeah. or something that come to Washington. But they definitely have uh, Apaches based there, of course, now. Of course, there's not very many of them, I don't think. We, as a country, are fairly skint for buying that sort of thing. <laughs> and we need them all where they're actually needed, rather than hanging around. That's true. Every helicopter. Kind of yeah. But anyway... <laughs> Local what I was about to, what I was about to ask was because you, know, you said like the rumble moves from left to right in the scanning and mass effect. Yeah. Th- does it still have like the sound effect as well? Right? Like the different elements have a different kind of. They have a different click, buzzy noise. sound. Yeah. yeah. As, yeah. As that as well. I thought that was, that, I thought that was pretty nice. And interestingly, that's all, like... that sort of mimics the rumble you feel as well. So the ones on the right oh, yeah. side have oh, a lighter was... sound. That's what I was imagining it does, but I mean, because it—it was nice how it looked like the the higher the peak was, the faster it clicked. So it's like you didn't even really have to look at the peak; you could do it by just listening to when do it, it gets sound, faster yeah. and slower. As I said, yeah. yeah, do it by sound or do it by rumble was quite nice. Sound and rumble was enough that um, you didn't really have to look at the screen at all. You could watch TV pretty much. <laughs> No. <laughs> I mean, you had to keep occasionally looking. Because I did it in a kind of sweeps around the planet or whatever, so I'd sort of go up and down in a zigzag or something. Yeah, well, I started off doing that, you know, a fairly thorough approach where it was like, go up, move across a bit, go down, move across yeah. a bit, go up. And then it's like, by the end of it, you're just going, la, 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 la. Oh, I've done <laughs> yeah, yeah, the planet yeah, yeah. now, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. As I mentioned last time, that was a lot easier. <laughs> Worst than PC. fucking minor ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot easier on the PC. It was just like you Imagine. get the face of the planet and then you just sort of scribble over it in like little circles, like and then you'd move to the edge so it'd rotate a little and then scribble over that edge because you could move it much, much faster. <laughs> By like... supercharging your mouse sensitivity. <laughs> yep. Super awesome. They were like, that, uh, well, that mining thing didn't make a lot of sense. Either particularly, there was a lot of little <laughs> no. things about the about the uh, sort of you know the way the mining stuff and the planet's description interacted with the world. Because if you yeah, know, I mean, there's a lot of them were saying, like, like they didn't match. Where it's like, no, this planet is green. Apart from it's clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or this planet has a really giant a giant crater on it. Like where? <laughs> yeah, we can't see it. Hmm. There were too many. There were a lot. It seemingly seemed like there were a lot more repeated planet textures than there were than the than yeah, in the first game. I'd say so. Um, quite a few. And the other thing was like, um, you know, they obviously had this concept of fuel depots as you were flying around the world map, and there would be some planets that would say, "Yeah, it's well known for its several fuel depots. It's used as a sort of refueling <laughs> spot." There's no fucking depot on this planet. What are you talking about? <laughs> Why can't I use it? Because you're Cerberus. I, I, I mean, that, it was, it was that's what shit. I assumed. I assumed that those fuel depots were actually Cerberus fuel depots and not, like, general public fuel depots, which is yeah, why you only maybe, get one at the mass gate of the system. Maybe, but you know what I mean? It kind of struck me as a bit funny. It's like, this is a refueling, like, area. And it's like, no, it's not. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. That was pretty stupid. Or planets where it would say this has been... Um, uh, you know, this has been mined to to death. Basically, you'd still find ridiculously large deposits. Yeah, 
You know, and, writing uh, the like descriptions the whole... for planets seems to have become a lot of a mini little job in itself in the games industry. <laughs> like the number of games, like Eve, even Freelancer had a little description for every planet, didn't it? And it's like nobody even cares about them, but they're always funny <laughs> when you do read them. No, no, a think... lot of them were really interesting though, because it's sort of they were some of them are sort of fairly innocuous, sort of like insights to the various races' culture mm, and stuff like that. Things that don't exist in the codex in Mass yeah. Effect. So you'd, you'd learn some things about some of the race's history and their and their ways and you know what they name things after and things like that uh, from the planet descriptions that you wouldn't find out normally. The other thing that was kind of stupid about the probe system was like, how exactly are you getting these minerals? Like, you're firing a probe into a gas giant and then somehow a shit ton of metal comes back out. <laughs> how does that work? <laughs> It's, it's like I, I initially thought that it's like, well, okay, you found a reserve of stuff. Therefore, Cerberus is just going to give you some of it from their like supply that they have. It's like, here you go, you're allowed to use the, some of this min- some of this materials. We'll go mine that shit later. <laughs> well, and there's, and there's also, <laughs> well, I, I guess that sort of makes sense. But there's also cases yeah. where it's like planets where it says the gravity is so intense, no one could possibly want to mine this place, and then you're just like, scan, 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 <laughs> mine, 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 <laughs> yeah. And I, I love how everything on your ship is so automated to the point that at the end, your entire crew disappears and you can fly around perfectly normally with absolutely no problem. <laughs> yeah. You only need even, one guy. That's and even it. when you finish the game, you don't get your crew back. You can still fly well, around as much as you like. If you want. If you save them. Oh, that oh, was, that was the weird back? thing, wasn't it? The, the, the after game was a bit strange, wasn't it? Because as, as Zach pointed out, you can, you can go back in and do any of the other side quests that you didn't do before the yeah. final mission. Which is an interesting decision. But, you know, yes, yeah, so you go talk to everyone and they give you that brief spell about, so, uh, I'm not sure what you like, what you did about the collector base. And then the next line will yeah. be, so, uh, when are we going to take out that collector base? You know? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I yeah, they, to keep, avoid they keep referring to, like, the suicide like, mission that you're about to go on. Were, yeah. <laughs> Even though you've just already it. been on. Yeah. Oh, well. I don't know. <laughs> I still thought it was really weird. It's like, what are they, those guys doing? I thought, okay, they're controlling all the ship systems and stuff, and it probably is, you know, a full-time job to sit at a computer and make the the um, ship work, you know. Yeah, or make, <laughs> just make the galaxy map work properly and plot courses and things like yeah. that. Yeah, but then they disappear, and there's absolutely no adverse effect. It's just so funny. Well, I guess, I guess no, they we can... can still plot the, we can still plot the Mass Effect jumps fine, can't we? That's presumably I guess they can... can take over at that point. Yeah, I guess they can sort of excuse it through the through the you know they unleash the AI. It's like now she can access the whole ship, so now we don't need any crew (laughs) conveniently because we don't have any. Oh, that whole sequence was brilliant, though. Yeah, I was going to say it's a good bit where you where you uh, players and swearing, walking around. (laughs) I just love that bit where Edie says something complicated and Joker's like, "What the shit? What the shit?" (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny, and it, I've got, obviously it's good um, voice acting there from uh, Seth Green. Yeah, <laughs> voice acting of saying shit a lot. Shit, 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 shit. Yeah, but it's quite convincing and quite scary as well because stuff happens and you can get killed quite. Apparently, easily. you can get murdered. Yeah, if you hang around yeah. too long, like the Praetorians sort of go, "Hello, murder." Yeah. Which is yeah, a bit strange, because they're supposed to be collecting people, yet they seem quite happy to kill you. Yeah, it's because you're a cripple, obviously. They don't want your yeah, shitty genetics. They, they, they don't want my genetics. <laughs> that, that 
is actually a good point. <laughs> Maybe that's the idea. Maybe she should get like all the, all the crippled guys and feed them to the Reaper instead. It's like, you're, you're doing a, a great deed to society. We're going to make crippled Reapers. <laughs> Sabotage the Reapers by, giving, by forcing them Some... to take crippled genetic code. Yeah, that'd be funny. The Creeplers. I don't think they'd go for that somehow. <laughs> not that dumb. Sacrifice your darn life. <laughs> Oh shit, where's the cat thing? She's all damp. Outside, presumably. Ew. In the world of dampness. Damp kitty. So you've been playing anything else, Zach? <laughs> or mostly Red well, Faction? There's, there's been a lot of Red Faction. Um, last couple of days I slashed off another game of Civ 4, of course. Because it was like, of oh, I need to play another game of that. And uh, this time I tried deliberately to be more aggressive and like, you know, actually attack people, <laughs> take over do land. You, do you manage to get your close neighbour, like, quickly? Like well, it was really convenient, because the, the, my nearest neighbour was, like, was, like, a super peace-loving civilization. so I was oh, like, ah, stop. <laughs> yeah, it's that, there's that one guy, it's like, there's, like, two of them who are the most ultra-aggressive, aren't there? can't remember, it begins with an X. Like, or Genghis Khan or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're right bastards. Yeah. Well, the Japanese are quite bastards as well because they get the aggressive and defensive trait, which right, makes them yeah. absolutely fucking impossible to kill. But well, yeah, I was so I... them the first time I tried. <laughs> so it's like I finished off my nearest neighbor, who was a right pansy. I only actually got like three cities out of that, mainly because I had to raise some of them because it was like, "Oh, you've built this in a stupid place, demolish." <laughs> No, fair enough. I think that. So I kept like the three semi-good ones, and then populated the bit bit of land that I hadn't expanded into yet. And then yeah. I've just sort of started. Fi- I've just finished the war against the second of the neighbors on this continent. It's like, well, that's two of them down. <laughs> yeah, it's nice going. Two more to go. Then. It's a hella huge continent. There's still two more people on it. It's yeah. like, should I take them all out? Lol. <laughs> As well. I think then, the trouble at this point is like deciding where I'm going to build the, for, the forbidden palace to get like the <laughs> to, like fruit. unfuck my super long range colonies in, on this continent. Oh right, yeah, that, that really helps. I already mm-hmm. built the the other forbidden palace, the Versailles National Wonder. Yeah, which acts as like another forbidden palace. Already finished that. But the, tr- the, the thing is that even though I went this super aggressive route, where it's like, oh, I'll kill everyone and push forwards. And, but it's like, I just sort of barely stayed pecked ahead of these other two civilizations that I was attacking and, and yeah. the third one that I may attack. <laughs> but for some reason, the fourth civilization on this continent is like really tiny. It's like crammed into the top of the continent behind the one other enemy that's still there. And it only has like four cities, and only two of them are actually any good. And yet, it's still teched miles ahead of me. And it's like, how are you doing that? And it's still got tons of units and everything, which are like more powerful than all of my units. So it's like, how is it managing that with so few cities? <laughs> is it just computers strange. cheating? Do they cheat? I don't know. I don't know. That is odd, isn't it? Because it's like, if if this if I left it to so you could win by space race i probably would lose at this point because that guy has taken up so far ahead of me it's like god damn it well you could probably squish him before he gets a chance to launch a spaceship right? yes that that would be the ideal plan i guess well actually i can't remember whether i did leave tech space race victory on so i may have to 
<laughs> you should be able to overtake him with tech anyway, now you've got so much uh, territory in cities and stuff. Well, the trouble is that having a really huge civilization sometimes doesn't really help, because you're, you, you don't really get that. You have to build up all your income buildings a lot to actually fund such a huge civilization. And if you're at war, the war economy makes you lose a lot of production as well on money terms. Yeah, it's not so good, is it? You have to turn down the uh, um, research percentage in the corner, don't yeah. you? Yeah, it's kind of annoying. And uh, and also when they, when your civilization, civilization gets so huge, you have to start thinking about maybe turning up the culture rate as well to stop everyone Wait, being on. pissed off. Go back a second. Doesn't that, isn't most re, you know valuable research done at times of war? <laughs> yeah, you'd think that would be That's the convenient point, yeah. excuse. Because I mean, pretty... you used to you used to be able to get. Well, no, I guess you can. Because one of the espionage options is steel tech, so you can still. So if you've you got a spine, esp- they espionage. Oh, no, espionage it... is the right word. It's like es- espionage. <laughs> <laughs> espionage. Yeah, if you have a spine in any city, you can steal tech off them for yeah. an exorbitant amount of espionage points, though. Cost yeah. like all of your points. Yeah, it's much better to just do the research yourself if you can. Because okay. it did use, I mean, like in Alpha Centauri, if you had the option turned on, you could you could get tech just by capturing enemy cities, which sort of also makes sense. Yeah, I don't know because I find that. I mean, on the normal speed, like I was complaining about, the, the tech in general seems to move fast. Well, even, I mean, game. this game that I'm playing is on Epic, and it still seems too fast, even though in yeah. sort of date terms it seems sort of vaguely right. It's like, yeah. it's not the 1900s yet, and gunpowder units are starting to load, and it's like, well, that sort of makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But it still seems like you're developing, especially in the early game, it's like, why is there? Why are there so many techs? It's like why not just make them longer and just sort of cons- consolidate all multiple of these techs into one big tech? Do I really? Yeah, I guess to it's to give you. Wait, wait, wait. wait. What, what do you mean when you say a tech here? Is this like a period of history? You mean? No, it's like the wheel or agriculture or mining or gunpowder or whatever. Things. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, you, so there's a tree. Like parts of the tree. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so I was getting confused there when you say like like merge them into why there's so many of them. It's like it sounds like there's so many ages. Like you went through a tech period or something. And yeah, yeah but at the, the ages are sort of you you you've just entered the penny farming age. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome, actually. Well, the ages are triggered by certain techs, aren't they? Like the Renaissance, yeah. aren't they? And the uh, industrial age. And but the ages don't really do it. I think, of course. It's just aesthetic, really. Yeah. Like, now your buildings maybe... look slightly more modern. I say maybe it's just me, but I kind of like the idea of having an, ins- an insanely high-tech society where everyone still rides around on penny farthings and wears top hats. That'd be amazing. So would they be like? They'd be great if you didn't like horses. Yeah, it'd be great if you like didn't have fixed ages. If you see what I mean, like you'd you'd have a building style that went one way, but your sort of culture style went the other. If you see what I mean. <laughs> That'd be kind of weird. That'd be really awesome. Be, so you could have, have like, like punk guys living in gothic mansions. <laughs> they have to be like super space technology penny farmings where they're like they have awesome gyroscopes. Like, so <laughs> oh no, balance. no, no, no! The, the big wheel is horizontal rather than vertical, and it causes like downforce. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That would be really cool if 
like the tree allowed you to get to the space race without developing the internal combustion engine, and thereby everything was powered by steam. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, because I mean, you can like tech ahead on some branches, can't you? Yeah, you like... can. Yeah. But the trouble with that is you don't really want to because if you start taking ahead, the, those ones just take forever. <laughs> yeah, they take a long time, don't they? But I, so you I might as well just do to, the shorter ones. Because you can click on the tree on one way down the line and it'll automatically do all the in-between ones to join the gaps, won't it? Yeah. But then you'll have left all the other branches. Yeah, and it'll take forever to research the last ones because you haven't got enough research or whatever at that point. No. But I went I, I did uh, tanks. I went straight for that and then and then I caught up on the rest. <laughs> <laughs> That seemed to work for me in, in, as a military strategy. I know what you're saying about at the start of the game, there's so many techs and they don't seem to, and why not consolidate them? But I guess you need some options because you haven't got that many options for what to do with units at the start of the game because you haven't got very many, or cities. Yeah, but all those tons of techs that they do have really don't give you, they, those especially don't give you any different units. That's the annoying thing. Yeah. Like the cool. early game units you only start getting once you hit. Like the metal working. So, how detailed ones. are we talking here? Is this like you mentioned things like the wheel and stuff, but does it go as far as like fire or chocolate? You know, <laughs> it... I think the wheel is probably about the earliest one. I'm not sure if it is still in because I'm not sure if the wheel is still in Civ Four. That used to be one of the ones you'd practically always get because you get like yeah. two starting techs on a Civ. Yeah, the wheel is in there, and it's usually a starting tech, so you've usually automatically got it. I think. Yeah, anyway. but it's just like practically the first things you do is just like agriculture, mining, <laughs> and like animal husbandry. Making. Yeah, animal husbandry means you can build the like, uh, you know, where there's wildlife, paddocks. you can build little paddocks. Yeah. Take away food, hunting food. for the other kind of animals. <laughs> That's the real thing. It's like animal husbandry and hunting. Why are those not just one tech? Because it's basically they just let you do the same thing, exploit animals on the map. So oh, what? What were they? Animal hunt, hunting and animal huntery, husbandry, <laughs> husbandry. Yeah. So people could marry called. foxes. No, it's, just a, it's just a word. That's what it's actually called. It's it's like it's how you say breeding if you're more posh. Like husbandry. instead of animal breeding, it's animal husbandry. You that teach the animals how right to me. have sex. That sounds about as furry as I could possibly imagine. <laughs> oh dear. All those furries from the early human civilization. It's got images of these Essex girls going, oh, I totally love to marry a penguin. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Why? Presumably, the fuck? since they're from Essex, they they wouldn't actually know what a penguin is, and they'd assume it was some other weird kind of animal that they attribute like a the vole. word penguin. Yeah, they attribute the word <laughs> penguin to the wrong animal because they're from Essex. The vole. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking of something. Yeah, man, you see one of those like long necked horses? I'll have one of them. <laughs> you mean a giraffe? <laughs> no, man, it's like a big horse. <laughs> Yeah. You know, Rob, if you're playing all this Red Faction, do you get, like, the urge when you're driving around Ipswich whenever you see an EDF fan? To, like, what, just to... Shoot it with a rocket launcher or something. Isn't that UDF? <laughs> hmm? No, I mean, you know, the electricity supplier. And... Oh, Isn't of it? course, yeah. Like... I forgot, yeah. 
Um, not exactly. They don't look particularly armoured. Not much of a challenge. <laughs> well, the trouble is the, the EDF vehicles in Red Faction don't virtually don't say EDF on them at all. It's just like they're brown. That's how you know they're enemies. Oh, okay. And, and a bit sort of chunky looking. Yeah, they have weird like polygonic armour. Only obviously it's not meant to be. It's not low res. It's just it's just you know angled. <laughs> Yeah, probably like deflect like bullets or some shit. Yeah, mm. like those really lame shields in the Dune film. Except nicer looking. And if you see, <laughs> don't watch that. It's really long. And <laughs> no, I, I have seen the Dune film. It's, it sucks. It's got Sting with red hair, and it's just I, really. Yeah. Long. Yeah, I always sort for of like the for idea. For it being so incredibly long, I don't really remember very much of it. <laughs> No, Which I guess tells you something uh, about its content. I, 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 I don't think I've ever. It's one of those films where I've never managed to stay awake for the entire duration. No, I can understand. Yeah, like the two towers. I've, I've never managed to stay awake during the two towers. Oh, the two towers is my favourite one. Fucking dull. By far. Right until the big fight. <laughs> I woke up for that. <laughs> I'll even rate Fellowship of the Ring above that. I got actually got after on the second watch. I got into it. <laughs> okay, you, you like the, the uh, Return of the King is definitely my least favorite of the Lord of the Rings. Really? Games. Oh, I fucking yeah, love that one. De- by definitely. I think it's like I don't know. I haven't read the books yet. I started reading them actually, but um, it's just it's when they go off the the heroes go off into the mountains or whatever and find the boring dead guys or whatever and wake them up and come join them at the battle and then they're like a deus ex machina where they just appear and they sort of green mist kills all the enemies or whatever <laughs> scotch mist appears and it's like oh well that that's lame it was a cool battle and then and then i th- and also it's like the battle in the rain in the dark and, and it's really scary in the two towers and then the battle of pelinor fields is supposed to be really big and epic and then it has those mama kill things which obviously are in the book but the way they Big filmed Mama it, Jama it's just... Mama kills. Yeah, well, the big elephant things, they're called Mama Kills yeah. or, or Oliphants. Anyway, and it, it's just... What about Dada Kills? They're Atats, though, aren't they? <laughs> <That's sexist. That's... laughs> they are 8080s from Empire Strikes Back. I mean, it's basically with the same tusks. sequence. Complete with, complete with, like, Legolas doing his ridiculous action film... Thing yeah, yeah. He, yeah oh, I don't know. I wonder, I wonder if anyone's ever ever actually done a sort of like a composite of that, just put blasters on them instead of tusks and made them go. Yeah. <laughs> release tow cable. And then of course, Return of the King has about five endings, all with different faces. <laughs> yeah. that, that was classic. The worst thing. <laughs> oh, so annoying. That is unbelievable. Um, and also so the I'd watch the, other the day, Eye of the Sauron, as well. The Eye of Sauron is literally looks the other way. I thought that I, I thought that was supposed to be figuratively like distracting him from the search for Frodo, but he actually has a big eye which shines with like a torchlight over an area, <laughs> and, then it's and for the... some reason he's incredibly interested in this battle. Yeah, instead of he looks... worrying about the thing which he knows is coming. Uh, it's just I, I can understand it as a like a, a metaphor, or whatever. We have to draw his eye away from, but when they actually made it literal on film that the eye actually looked as if he wasn't powerful enough magically to look in 360 degrees. <laughs> it just seems so dumb. Oh, I don't there care. You go. It, was, it, was, it, was, it was good imagery. I don't know. I don't, I don't really see a problem with that. While it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, if you were like really focused on something, then maybe you would be all like that and then go, oh? 
<laughs> it's just the idea of Sauron going, Ooh. like in a cartoon. It just doesn't seem to fit for me. But there you go. That's that's just me. A lot of people like it. I mean, Jonathan Ross thought it was by far the best. Let me, one let me put it this way. Yeah, the last one has more than one fight, and stuff <laughs> happens for the majority of the film. Unlike yeah, okay. fucking two hours. Oh yeah, well, two hours. There's a lot going on in two hours because it it tells the entire story at the middle portion of the. Story, doesn't it? So. Yeah. Fuck mean, those buttons. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I might report back from. I saw Inception, by the way. Oh, yeah, it's oh, bloody excellent, isn't hilarious. it? Hilarious. <laughs> Did you see it too, Zach? <laughs> awesome. <Yeah. laughs> it was so funny. Uh, I like. I, I thought it owed an awful lot to the Matrix, to be honest. Like, oh yeah. Not but it is... not just in its concept, but also in just the action sequences. Like, especially in the hotel where there's no gravity and stuff. That was very new yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought that the, uh, what they called, what are they called the, um, the guys, the bad guys in the dreams that shoot at you? Uh, projections. Projections. Yeah. The, the, the militarized projections in that guy's brain. They were like really lame agents, weren't they? <laughs> uh, <laughs> they yeah. really were really shit. It was like, <laughs> they look, they look all hardcore and like, them and helmets and big guns, but then some guy just runs up and punches them, and they just fall over. And that other guy, <laughs> they the, want, um... hang on, hang on. We, we, we can give them that because although they might be sort of sort of militarized, maybe this guy's mind hasn't had correct training. You know, they, that's true. Equipment, but they haven't had the training. No, I think it's fair enough logically. It just seemed a bit like we have agents, but they're pants. <laughs> I don't know. Some like... sort of defense, as opposed to I... no defense. That's true. It's better than no defense at all. But like that, it's that Indian guy driving like that van agents. managed to escape. Yeah, he avoided like a lot of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. With like four people asleep in the back of his van, driving around with about a million people shooting at him. He's like, la la la. We didn't do that well. He managed to flip it. He did. How come they didn't? Yeah, but he up? flipped What's it and then just drove off. <laughs> it's like where were yeah, the yeah, guys no, following was, him at that point? Well, that, that was the thing. There was there were some weird inconsistencies there. Though. Like, surely that would have been considered the whole wake up kick. Flipping a, a van. Yeah, you'd think that would count as a kick. I don't know. But you have to, like, consent to a kick from within the other dream, though, don't you? Or, no, I don't know. Because they seem to miss kicks, don't they? It's like, ooh, that yeah. was a kick, but we missed it. But we've stayed in the dream too long. Now they'll have to oh, set think... up another kick for us, or whatever. And I thought, and the no, kick I think, in... I think the idea was... I think the idea was, because when, when they rolled van... Yeah. Because in that level, and... And, and the one above it, they had to like use the sedation, and I think because that was before the end of the sedation period, they could get away with that one. That sort of made right. sense. It's like they oh, were too right. sedated they could to only, notice they could that only, kick. I see what you mean. So they could only kick when they were starting to wake up slightly from the yeah. sedation. And then for the like the lower levels where they're like, oh, we missed that kick or whatever. I think that's because because you had to time it with like so it rippled up. It's like if you didn't all do it at the same time or whatever. That's right. Yeah, I don't know because that one in the lift shaft was sort of clever, but because he had no gravity, so he cut the cables. And I'm not sure why they why they went whizzing backwards because they weren't under tension presumably because the lift. <laughs> Was there was no gravity, so why There's they no went gravity, whipping yeah. back? I don't know why. And then he, what did he do? He used explosives to blow the lift down the shaft and then hit the bottom of the shaft. So he was using the explosives as a kind of impulse to move yeah. the lift, even though normally it wouldn't have fallen because there was no gravity. Is that right? I mean, he could have blasted yeah. them towards the roof and left the uh, cables on because they wouldn't have stopped it. They'd have just bunched <laughs> up, wouldn't they? Well, I don't know. Maybe he did something like because the 
I don't know, maybe the mechanics of the lift mean that it couldn't move in certain directions. Maybe you had to propel it upwards. But, yeah, surely you'd have to propel it upwards because the brakes would presumably be designed to stop him from going downwards if the brakes had even been applied. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps the brakes disengage when there's no gravity present. <laughs> that would be a great design feature. Like, these brakes don't work in zero gravity. Oh, I'm sure that's never going to be a problem. <laughs> well, it's quite unlikely, to be fair, in a hotel. Although it's not really a hotel at all. It's a constructed level of a hotel. Complete with stairs Complete. Maybe, maybe those Maybe those elevators never had brakes. Because the architect who made that hotel specifically fought ahead to this is convenient scenario of never being gravity. <laughs> yeah, you'd think, yeah. Hmm. You'd hope so. I mean, I get confused by, who was, who was dreaming each time? There was a different person's dream each time, was it? No, no, so, no, it was, it was, it was technically all that one guy's dream. Something right. like that. But, and they, and they, the, and they dig deeper into his subconscious. Right. Each, each time. But, but the architect I, has the... No, wait, sorry, no, no or is that wrong? wrong yeah. or are they all sharing... Uh, in theory, they're all sharing the architect's dream, I guess. Up to a point where Leonardo's character sort of took over. I don't well, confuse I think, me. Because like, well, when they were in the hotel, it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt's dream because he was saying, the, guy, the projections are noticing me because I'm... Quick, kiss me now, because I'm the architect of this level, or whatever. seemed to me like... I know the girl was the architect, ultimately, but it seemed to me that she was only really doing the snow, snowy mountain fortress level. And that no, 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 I thought she, I'm person. pretty sure she did the whole lot. I don't think he ever said they're noticing No, I think he did. I think he... They said, I thought he said they're noticing us because oh, yeah, we're out of place. Yeah, perhaps you're right. Not specifically him. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's probably yeah. more like... Yeah, but then it was like, right. if... Why did... <laughs> if you're going to be making this architect, you know, designing these levels or whatever, why on earth did she make that snow fortress so goddamn difficult? Like, oh, well, we have I to abseil down a giant cliff. And <laughs> I think this was the point: is that it had to be impressive to. Well, yeah, yeah it had to, to be like secure or whatever that... to yeah, give him the idea like... that they were breaking into. You know, but did it have to be that impressive? <laughs> Could well, it not be? She was really paranoid that Leonardo DiCaprio's wife would appear, so she made it extra complicated, I think, because she was really worried about yeah, uh, those those guys. Then they were, he was like, "Tell me, tell me the secret." And, he, and she, she was, was like, like no. "Going through this vent, this really giant, obvious vent." <laughs> Could you have not worked that out yourself, really? <laughs> yeah, it's like standard computer game one hundred and one logic, isn't it? Really, go through the big vent. <laughs> I don't know, but like that limbo world, right? So there was a really quick explanation. That's one thing about The Matrix I liked is that everything is, it's really cool, but everything is explained fairly painstakingly, really. I mean, you have basically lectures from Morpheus, and despite the fact they look really cool, it gives you time to absorb the concepts. Whereas in Inception, a lot of the concepts are rattled off really quickly. Like, you, you get used to the idea of the totem, but he says what, it, what, what the purpose of it in like a snap of dialogue. And the one that I almost lost, and I'll have to watch it again just to see... You know, is was um like the limbo world is governed like mostly by the consciousness of the person who's like spent most time in limbo or something. Or for some reason, they would all end up in his world, in his limbo world, right? Is that it? Because it was the world that he built with his wife when he was in there for like Not decades. Necessarily, it was something like that, wasn't it? But he ended up going into Chinaman's limbo world because he joined after them. 
So I think it might be as simple as whoever goes first. Right, because he went into limbo because he died inside the snow level, right? No, he died. Uh, in... China, Chinaman died in the snow level. And he yeah. died in, in. No, he died a level up as well, didn't he? He died in the because um, he got well, he shot died in, like, in all the. Of them. Um, yeah, in but the it city. transferred down, didn't it? It transferred yeah, yeah. all the way down. And then um, what, what? What's his name? The actual target guy. He died because he got shot by Mao, Mel, or Mao, whatever her name is, in the snow level. So he went to Limbo World, and they decided to join him. The girl and the main character decided to join them in Limbo. But for some reason, this Limbo World was seemed to be governed was controlled by, by him. Yeah. yeah, it seemed to be his Limbo World. And there was a bit of dialogue where it's like, oh, the Limbo World will be most like, you know, the person who's most fucked up or something and it just flashed by and it was so important and i was like why are they all going to why is his house there you know that he built with his wife yeah recreation of the house in the world where they're going to save both the uh japanese guy and 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 there was the the whole uh, thing that me and zach got very confused about like the beginning at the end kind of thing oh right yeah it's like there's either two of possibilities there either that bit at the start was mostly just sort of a an interesting aside or that what happened there was just coincidence, which, because, as I say, at the start they went into Chinaman's mind, so Chinaman's limbo would probably be based on that, and maybe it was because they'd seen it before that he acted to, to it or something, or set up the same scenario subconsciously, yeah, maybe. you know. That was a bit weird, because it's confusing, as it's like, oh, has this happened before? Does that link to what happened before? Have they just time-travelled? Yeah. Well, no, I just, <laughs> I just assumed it was the classic sort of cinematography thing of Showed them yeah. start end of the film at the start. Yeah, but the problem with that theory is is that the, 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 yeah. the start of the film actually is the, that scene is the actually location the start of the film. The there are thing, well, no, and there are things that happen in Chinaman's world that are relevant to the progression of the start of the story. But the thing is, have, he's old the and then he's young. The beginning isn't doesn't there? make sense. Yeah. He's old, and then he's young. They did so delineate the, the when they'd stop showing the end at the start and when the actual start was. Yeah. Well, no, that's one possibility. Yeah, like they could have been a cut, but they were definitely in his world, so maybe there there wasn't. Don't know. I don't know. There must be. I'm gonna have to. That part will be important because it that that cut between where he's old in the castle, the Japanese castle, and when he's young in the castle is the point where it goes from the end of the story to the very start of the story. But it's almost the same location. In fact, it probably is identical. It is the same location because it would have been built out of the same guy's mind. But that 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 implies that um, that location was actually built by the architect at the time, Joseph Gordon-Levitt or whatever, for that uh, extraction procedure. But then, when when the Japanese man went to limbo because he died during the main event, he, he recreated yeah. the own the same building in the same way yeah. that Leonardo recreated his house in limbo or whatever. And then he decided to live there until he was old, and uh, then they finally met, met and got him back to the plane somehow with no kicks. I don't know. <laughs> that was really strange. Yes, we, we, we discussed that that last bit of confusion because it's like, why is he super old? Because it's like, although they say like the deeper you go, the more it's like the time gets multiplied yeah, up time or whatever. Dilation, yeah. But it, he didn't really die that long before Leonardo DiCaprio went down to find him again. No, that's like, true. It wasn't... 
a very long time that could be multiple because it's only one level lower. It's not like multiple levels lower, which is where it gets mo- where it stacks the multiplication. Well, it's implied that it's not really a level. It's more like it's more uh, you know profound than just a level, another level limbo. <laughs> yeah, they they did make yeah. the point that it seems to last a very very long time. Like even it's... just you know compared to just one level down, where it's like ten times slower, or whatever. Because they. Like, the... yeah. Him and his wife, when they went into limbo for their entire lives and grow old together, they were lying on the floor of that apartment, and they can't have been lying there longer than the space between two meals, can they? Because otherwise they'd just die. No. <laughs> so it's more like half an hour equals fifty years or something, isn't it? At that point. Yeah, but then it was like, how did they get back out from like? Yeah. How how did they escape limbo without the kick? Well, it's like at that point we we said it was like surely they must have just killed each other come out of it but no well, yeah that was like if you know do you, did they do you have to well, if you're in limbo and you realize it can you kill yourself and come out yeah well, that was kind well, that, of what no they, they did though that's they did that's it kind of what train, they suggested they? they did they they went they laid on the railway tracks while yeah. they were in limbo and got run over and that's what brought them back to reality isn't it um, yeah they kind of suggested that if you know if you know you can get back out that way but then he, he obviously that was the crux of the story where it's like he inserted that suggestion into his wife's um, mind, right, and then she yeah. believed it in the, in real life as well. Well, what we think is real life because yeah. they that <laughs> yes. lovely ending. But of I course, still... that's the classic. Like, yeah. was it real? <laughs> was it real? I don't know. I because if it falls, <laughs> it was that all means... a dream. If it falls, that means it's reality. But it did wobble, so you know, it was going to fall, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know. If it was kept people. up by what he expects the totem to do, in you know, what I mean, because he was distracted, maybe it would have wobbled <laughs> or fallen over anyway. But mm. but if it know. stays spinning forever, that means it is a dream, doesn't it? So yeah, that's right. We don't know. Why does he use his wife's totem? No, doesn't he have his own bloody totem? Because what happened to his totem? <laughs> well, presumably he only maybe he only developed that idea after. Yeah, maybe. Episode. Maybe it's her idea, and yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Hmm. Yes. So, Inception. Or, or, <laughs> we just or, talked about film for a long time. Long. Basically, yeah. if if you want Inception in in one sentence, it's a uh, yo dog. I heard you like dreams. <laughs> <laughs> so we put a dream inside your dream inside your dreams, so you could dream that you're dreaming while you're dreaming. Yeah, dog. It was ridiculous. Dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, there was various other inconsistencies that we could go on about forever as well but that's oh, one of those also, things and also fairly geniusly it's it's, and this is a rarity these days but I like it it's a film that it will be definitely better off if nobody ever makes a sequel yes they damn well better not be very irritated if they do if he's someone to do it um, then it's going to just be awful and ruin the whole thing because he's got to go and do Batman 3 at least before he even tries to do anything else with that franchise. I don't think he will, though, because yeah. he's obviously got a lot of reverence for it because he's been planning that film for years and years, apparently. It shows. It's so bloody complex. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's com- you can follow it, though. It's, it's not, complex, it's not like but not impossible to follow, which is the best yeah. thing. But... Yeah. but even think... for all that planning, there's still those little things. Where, yeah. where you can start picking it up. Picking it up well, you never know. They might like, have been, oh, like, things that were cut for pacing, I guess. Well, you I think the gravity one was the main thing, then. though, wasn't it? The whole idea of the gravity 
because it's like the, the the van is falling off the bridge. So there's no gravity in the hotel. But why does that then not transmit down to the other levels as well? Because there's no gravity in the hotel. So surely there should be no gravity in the next one. That's true. Yeah. It's so weird. Because <laughs> they could feel things. Because it would have been totally fucked up for a long time <laughs> then. Yes, that would have made it the whole thing a whole lot, lot, whole lot more difficult if there was no gravity in any of the further down levels. <laughs> Well, just imagine what would happen to all the snow. <laughs> yeah. Poof. <laughs> that really was totally... like a computer game level, though, wasn't it? That snow. Yeah. It was pretty much something out of. Um... Oh, speaking of which, standout line from the A Team film was, "Man, it looks totally like Call of Duty, doesn't it?" <laughs> Lame. Terrible. Lame. Oh no, I really liked it. A Team really? was genius. But what Call of Duty game are they referring to? <laughs> Two. They're not talking. No, about that's Call not Call of Duty, Duty, though, is it? They're not talking presumably, about. The re- presumably, they meant best. COD Four. Yeah, I expect so. It, they can't. It can't have been one Warfare Two. We can be safely assured of that because that's not Call of Duty, as they've been so bloody annoyed to point it is out. Though, possibly. It, it, it is labelled. They were going to not label it, but it is on the box, isn't it? No. Maybe. (laughs) Probably depends on where you are. Mm, Depends on region or something. Yeah, probably. I know it's not on the side of the box. Right, it just says more more too. Is it? It's got dirt too. It's just dirt too, isn't it? Now. No colour McRae. No. mm, Yeah, I'm not sure. Actually, I can't remember. I think you're probably right. It probably isn't Conan McRae Dirt. No, or is it? Well, the first oh. game, it was it was Conan McRae Dirt in yeah. Europe. And then in America, it was called Dirt. Well, even then, it was very tenuous link to Conan McRae anyway, because he <laughs> didn't really have any sort of purpose in the game. Yeah. It was just and mentioned. Then he, and then he conveniently died. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, so that means that you can just have Dirt 2 now. <laughs> That's Although he is brought up in Dirt 2 again, like oh, mentioned by the by people like Ken Block and stuff as yeah man he was great. Oh, that that probably makes sense. Didn't he? Did he die while they were making Dirt 2? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of makes sense as sort of a you know a last thing hurrah. you put in. Speaking of which, <laughs> if you, uh, I saw I read a tiny tiny blurb about Dirt 3. Um, which is in development now. It seems like they're skipping Grid 2, by the sounds of it. Ooh. <laughs> skipping it as in what? As in, they're you know, they're not making it. it. They're, they're, they're sort of moving straight to Dirt 3. And it seems like they're also dropping the slight, the, the, the slight extreme attitude that they brought to Dirt Wow, 3. that got an actual <laughs> echo on it, I think, through the feedback. So it sounded really cool. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> extreme! Oh, yep, yeah. yep, you can hear it. <laughs> Here, carry on. That's super sweet. That's like recycling, man. Recycling <laughs> 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 to be extreme. It's like recycling. By the way, how are we doing for time, actually? Just... We've got five minutes. Five minutes, okay. <laughs> yes, of course. Are we going to have important grid discussion, or are we going to have... Wait, wait, I've got the feeling I have to shout here. this from some distance from the mic okay. to make it slightly more traditional now. Five minutes! <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> The warning is in. Okay. That's um that's 
that's our our other Rob in the studio. Just Mexican Rob. Because you know, I've always wanted a Mexican cousin or something. <laughs> and it's not Rob, did, but it's I Rob's I... Mexican cousin. Five minutes I... getting gone. <laughs> did I tell you guys about? Like the Mexican connection uh, that I had with uh, at Christmas. No, <laughs> this, is just a t- <laughs> this is just totally a <laughs> random thing to say. Is that, are you is dealing drugs in cocktail? Mexico? Yeah, <laughs> it was like no, it was like um, we I was at like my grandparents or whatever for Christmas at dinner, yeah, and they and... suddenly turned around and went, "Hey, gringo." <laughs> No, no, they vote a... for the BMP. They're racist. <laughs> oh yeah. No, but it was like they we were just they would started talking about like family tree or whatever. And like, oh, do you remember this guy or this person we used to live next to? You know, all that family crap that people talk about at Christmas, as you do. But <laughs> for some reason, the topic got on to like one of our very few relatives who actually went overseas. It's like, oh, I looked up the family tree, and it turns out he was killed by a Mexican bandito. <laughs> and, everyone, and everyone was just like, holy shit, Mexican Bandito, that's awesome! <laughs> that is awesome. He's probably a character in Red Dead, doesn't he? <laughs> so that, that seemed to entertain a lot, most of our family for several minutes. Where it's like, oh. holy shit, Mexican Bandito! <laughs> Gringo, do you like your life? Y- yes. <laughs> I'll have it then. So your name is Burgess. <laughs> uh, M- Burgess. You know what? Burgess means a Mexican. <laughs> no, no. It means cockbite. <laughs> it means you will die. It means you insult my mother. Say she is my sister. Anyway. That was, <laughs> <random>. <laughs> that was some random for you. Thank you. We, needed we really didn't random. talk about anything apart from what I played. And then sort of that phased into what well, Rob played. No, that's fine, because I played we some talked about what Rob played, and, and I played Mass Effect, didn't I? And other than that, we've yeah. only played TF2. We yeah, didn't get the I TF2 so. new map speaking, but I still haven't played it, so I'm sure we'll get an opportunity yeah, to talk about that. And I haven't yeah, played anything, so it's around. worked out quite well. <laughs> but I will try and play some stuff for next time, despite the fact that I have no gaming equipment and won't have for a while. I'm really not sure where the time gone this week, to be honest. No, that's what I was thinking. It was like, how have we talked for so long and not really said very much? I've got to be honest, the tag list is looking fairly minuscule. I'm not surprised. Have you just yeah. not been paying attention? No, maybe. Just, we well, usually we much. go off on a bit more of a sort of... We've been quite focused. Usually we go off on a sort of... Related uh, games. Yeah, around the tour ramble. But this week it's been pretty much Mass Effect Central. I think that's because I haven't been saying so much. I haven't been thinking of crazy topics because I've been letting you guys talk about Red Factory. Perhaps we should have sort of said this at the start in, like, big extreme voice or something, <laughs> that this is a spoilerific episode of the Salacast. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. have to put a note somewhere. I'll put that on the blurb. But yeah. then it's like, you know... You have various house rules on like how long you ha- how long you're allowed to how long after oh, something has come out before actually, you can say spoilers. Actually, well, I remember it, Dan. You were going to talk about the future of the salad cast. You have sixty seconds. Go. <laughs> okay. Well, I was telling Zach, but the plan is, if I can get it to work, is that uh, you'll have an in. Uh, you'll be able to. We'll be tagging the podcast, um, the actual time indexes, and you'll be able to go in and play clips of where we talk about various games, and then you can click on a game on the right-hand side or whatever, say Deus Ex, and it'll have all the clips of all the times we've talked about it, and you can listen to them in, uh, in segments rather than listening to the whole podcast, and that way you get little quick fixes like YouTube for the 
internet generation that has a very short uh, span of attention. And then you might get into the whole two-hour podcast. Genius. Short well, that does sound good. Like that 60 seconds. It's going to be difficult. Aside and, Technically yeah. difficult, but uh, that's the plan. So coming soon. That's, that's well, how the not podcast soon. does it, isn't it? No, they, they, no podcasts have done this. I've looked everywhere, and there are no good websites for podcasts. <laughs> We're going to be the first, goddammit. Yeah. No, I'm sure, I'm sure I've seen one where they have a timeline. Maybe it was like a video show or something, like on game trailers or something. Yeah, I think that like was times like... times where they talk about stuff. I think that was like G4 anyway, TV or something, video. Wrap it up. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Once again, just wrapping again. it up with a sudden ending. Join us yes, again. Yes, like in... now. <laughs>